Knicks family, what's poppin'? It's your boy. And the Knicks, well, you've seen it, ladies and gentlemen. They dominated the Atlanta Hawks. And they had the, what what they have, the, the, the best scoring night since 1980? December 20th, 1980, something like that. In 39 years, they've had their best scoring night. Big shout out to the Knicks for that one, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to get into this right away. There's a lot of good things to talk about tonight. Let's rock. And ladies and gentlemen, the Knicks played a very good game tonight. At home versus the Atlanta Hawks, trying to bring a or start another winning streak as Huter knocks down the first three of the game for the Atlanta Hawks. Frank Nilakina turns around and says, That's okay, because I could do the same thing. Frank Nilakina knocks down his only points of the game. He had three points on the night. Marcus Morris, he takes it in, gets the hoop. And the harm, as Marcus Morris can do. He had 22 points on the night, four rebounds as well. Trey Young, listen, Trey Young, uh, he, he didn't get that one to go, but Trey Young did his thing tonight. We'll talk about Trey Young a little bit more as Frank Nilakina gets it forward to Julius Randle. Julius Randle finds Marcus Morris for another three. He knocks it down. Knicks up 9-5. to five. The Knicks took an early lead. They really never gave it back, ladies and gentlemen. That was about it. As you see, Trey Young. Knocks down the mid-range jump shot. And he was looking for a foul. This guy is good at creating fouls. Trey Young, one more time in the lane with the floater. This guy runs off a screen after screen after screen. You got to be ready to defend this guy. RJ Barry, he goes to the lane, gets his own rebound off of the block or whatever it was, and puts it back in. RJ Barry had a good night. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Julius Randle with Vince Carter on him. He takes it in, lays it up. Julius Randle played a good game tonight. R.J. Barrett, he gets a steal. Coast to coast. Lays it in. Like I said, R.J. Barrett, the young man, played ball tonight, ladies and gentlemen. He had 27 points, 10 for 13 from the field. And that man right there, he was lighting it up all night long. Trey Young, you see him come off another screen into the paint. Knocks down a little bit of a floater. He's mastered that floater, ladies and gentlemen. He kills that floater. Trey Young, once again, with Julius Randle on him. He finds Vince Carter. Vince Carter was playing his last game at Madison Square Garden. He heard cheers from the Garden crowd as Marcus Morris knocks down the fadeaway jump shot. The Knicks lead 25-22. to Trey Young, this man always has the ball in his hands. Again, he gets to the cup. He lays it in. Not too many people can stop this guy. Marcus Morris with the pull-up three. Bang, he knocks it down, 34-27. This is about the time when the Knicks start to run away with the lead, ladies and gentlemen. See, uh, Dennis Smith Jr., he made a resurgence tonight. He got in the lane, knocked down a little fadeaway jump shot. Glad to see Dennis Smith Jr. back in the fold. Hopefully he stays. Kevin Knox with the air ball with Mitchell Robinson. He had himself a game tonight. He gets the rebound and puts it back in. The Knicks up by 18, 45-27. As a matter of fact... The Knicks scored the most points they've scored all season in the first quarter. They had 41 points in the first quarter on their way to scoring 77 points in the half, ladies and gentlemen. 
Yes, the Knicks scored 77 points in the first half of the game. As you see, Cam Reddish come down and lay one in. Another Duke guy in the game. Damian Dotson from Bobby Portis. Damian Dotson goes to the cup. He lays it in. The Knicks are up 51-29. to 29. And the Knicks, Listen, the Knicks weren't giving this back, ladies and gentlemen. That's all to it. They weren't giving it back. You see Kevin Huter. He comes up the floor. Pass the ball to Jabari Parker. Jabari Parker over to, guess who? Trey Young. Right? Like I said, Trey Young, he had 40. 42 points on the night, Trey Young did. He was doing his thing all night long. The kid was pretty much unstoppable. As you see, Kevin Knox comes down the floor with the man-child dunk. I'd like to see more of that from Kevin Knox. Again, Trey Young in the lane. Finds Jabari Parker, who dunks it home. The Hawks, they try to make a little bit of a run here. Vince Carter, old man Vince Carter, knocks down the triple, 60-45. to 45. Again, in the lane, the Atlanta Hawks, they're trying to stay in the game. They're trying to make a run. That's uh, DeAndre Hunter. I like DeAndre Hunter. Julius Randle finds a cutting R.J. Barrett, another rookie. RJ, uh, Julius Randle says, I see you. He puts the goggles on. We want to see more of that from Julius Randle. Julius Randle goes to the basket, spins and lays that one in. 64-47, to 47, the Knicks are up 17. Marcus Morris finds RJ Barrett for the jump shot for the three ball to make it 67-47. to 47. The Knicks up 20 with three minutes left in the first half. Julius Randle, he comes down. He finds, guess who, R.J. Barrett. R.J. Barrett pulls it up. He misses, but Julius Randle gets the offensive rebound and puts it back in. Julius Randle had 17 points on the night. He also had 11 rebounds. Trey Young in the lane, knocks it down once more. Again, Trey Young, ladies and gentlemen, had 42 points on the night. He also had eight assists. You see R.J. Barrett with the spin move, goes to the cup, puts it behind the back, pulls up. The mid-range jump shot and knocks it down. Again, R.J. Barrett had 27 points on the night, and the Knicks have 73 points here in the first half. Mitchell Robinson with the big steal in the dunk. Mitchell Robinson had 22 points and 13 rebounds on the night. And then Julius Randle off the screen, kicks it over to Dennis Smith Jr. Dennis Smith Jr. gets in the lane. He pulls it up. He knocks it in. The Knicks had 77 points at the half, ladies and gentlemen. The beginning of the third quarter. And, you know, at this point, you're wondering, as you see Julius Randle knock down the fadeaway jump shot with a double team on him, not highly recommended, but he hit it. It was that kind of night for the Knicks. But you start to wonder, and you hoped, will the Knicks keep this lead? Will the Knicks keep the lead? Because we've seen them had a 20, 22-point lead on Golden State and let Golden State back. Right? Another bad team was Golden State. They played another bad team in the Atlanta Hawks. This time they wouldn't give up the lead as Trey Young knocks down another three. As the Knicks are up 30, he cuts the lead to 27. Marcus Morris, he gets in the lane, pulls up a mid-range jump shot, knocks it down. The Knicks shot 55.8% from the field tonight. They shot 46.4% from three. As you see, R.J. Barrett knocked down another three-point shot. 91-61, the Knicks are up 30. They weren't giving this lead back. There's no way it was going to happen. Kevin Hewitt goes to the basket. He lays it home. But it didn't matter much. And then in 
the third quarter, man, it, you know, the, the game kind of got out of hand. The Knicks were just doing anything that they wanted. As you see, Marcus Morris knocked down the three. Everything was falling for the Knicks, and you love to see nights like this. You, you know, you, you just wish that nights like this would happen more often for the New York Knicks. You see R.J. Barrett get into the lane. He lays it home. The Knicks up 96-65. DeAndre Hunter goes in. He knocks down a little mid-range floater jump shot thing right there. R.J. Barrett one more time up the floor. Looking, he finds Juju. Juju brings it home again. Julius Randle had 17 points. Played a nice, efficient game tonight, did Julius Randle. Only one turnover, too. Vince Carter, bam, he knocks down three. In Vince Carter's final game at Madison Square Garden, he had 15 points. It was four for seven from the three-point line. Of course, the Garden crowd gave him a nice ovation when he left out in the fourth quarter. Alfred Payton finds Mitchell Robinson. The Knicks had 72 points in the paint, ladies and gentlemen. 72 points in the paint the Knicks had. Because in that fourth quarter, it became, I mean, it was excess garbage time anyway. Excess garbage time anyway, but it became pretty bad as the Hawks kind of stopped playing defense and the Knicks just took advantage of them. And for once, the Knicks took advantage of them. Kevin Knox, he came on and started playing in that second half. You know, we've seen Kevin Knox play tonight with a little bit of ferociousness. He had a couple of lapses on defense in the first half. So you see Kevin Knox go to the basket and get the dunk off the cut. Those are the type of plays you want to see. You want to see guys cut into the basket and get easy shots from being cut to the basket or pull up jump shots like Bobby Portis just knocked down the three off a ball movement. The Knicks had good ball movement tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Trey Young knocks down another three. The Knicks had very good ball movement. As a matter of fact, the Knicks had 30 assists on the night. 30 assists, that has to be. I'm not sure I'd have to go back and check. You see Kevin Knox find Mitchell Robinson. For the alley-oop dunk, the Knicks scored 143 points, ladies and gentlemen. The most points that they've scored in 39 years. 39 years, ladies and gentlemen. That's the most points that the Knicks scored. And uh, listen, it was nice to see. It was felt very, very good for the Knicks to finally get a wire-to-wire victory. Wire-to-wire victory. Because it doesn't happen very often. So when it does happen, we got to celebrate it, ladies and gentlemen. The Knicks got to... And not just a wire-to-wire victory, but a blowout victory. A blowout victory. We got some guys building up in the video chat, but before we get to that, I just want to take a look at some of the, some of the other stats of the game. All right, let's take a look at some of the stats of the game. Then we'll get a chance to talk about it. You can see the Knicks won 143 to 120. The Knicks had 72 points in the paint. 72. That's, that's good numbers right there. Good numbers. Because the Hawks, they're a team that they'll let you score in the paint. They score in the paint a lot too because of Trey Young. Because Trey Young gets into the paint relentlessly off of the 1 million screens that he gets on every single possession. Because that kid gets a lot of screens, man. You got to fight over a lot of screens. That's the reason why you've seen Dennis Smith Jr., Elvin Payton, Frank Nilakina kind of split time tonight. Frank Nilakina played 17 minutes and 58 seconds. Elvin Payton played 20 minutes. Dennis Smith Jr. played 12 minutes and 47 seconds. 
right? That helps to, you know, help help to keep those guys fresh. Now, what would have happened if it was a tight game? Who knows? You know, but it helps to keep those guys fresh when you're fighting over so many screens because Trey Young, he runs off of two, three, four screens on one possession. Anyway, the Knicks had 72 points in the paint. The biggest lead by the Hawks was three. The biggest lead by the Knicks was 31. The game was tied five times. Lead changed once. Once the Knicks got the lead, they never gave it back. Looking at the stats of the game, the Knicks dominated on the boards. They had 55 rebounds tonight. Uh, the Hawks only had 36. The Knicks had 30 assists, ladies and gentlemen. 30 assists. We love to see that. We love to see that. Somebody do me a favor. Calculate how many assists we're averaging as a team under Coach Mike Miller. So far, we're 3-3 three and three under Coach Mike Miller. How many assists are we averaging? Somebody do the math for me. Got seven steals tonight, six blocks, 11 turnovers. We shot 55.8% from the field tonight, 46.4% uh, from three, and 77.4% from the free throw line. Like I said, the Knicks had 72 points in the paint, uh, 17 fast break uh, second chance points, and 10 fast break points. The Hawks had 52 points in the paint, 10 second chance points, and 12 fast break points. The Hawks didn't, yeah, you know, they shot okay from the field. They shot okay from the three-point line, but it just wasn't enough. They scored 120 points themselves. But the Knicks scored 143. I mean, that, that should do a lot for the Knicks offensive uh, 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 rating because our offensive rating is last in the league. That should do a lot to help us out, hopefully. You know, breakdown of the starters in the bench. Of course, we always need the Knicks bench to come through. But the Knicks bench came through tonight. The Knicks bench had 72 points. The starters had 71. What you do notice, and something that I talked about in the game preview, if you never got a chance to check out the game previews, make sure you do it. I usually do them during the day. I'll be doing the game preview tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Because the Knicks take on the Miami Heat on Friday. All right, so I'll be doing a game. Well, probably not tomorrow. I'll probably do a game preview on, on Thursday. I'm sorry. Thursday at 2 o'clock, I'll be doing a game preview because the Knicks take on the Atlanta Hawks on Friday. But anyway, the Knicks bench, the Knicks bench had 72 points and the starters had 71. I talked about it in the game preview uh, that the Knicks bench needs to score. They need to come through. And not only that, but the Knicks need to keep a starter in at all times with the bench unless you get into garbage time like you did tonight. But for the most part, when the game was in the balance... There was a starter on the floor. All right, the Knicks bench had 28 rebounds. The starters had 27. I mean, they basically played even. The bench had 19 assists. They had six steals, five blocks, six turnovers only. The bench shot 53.8% from the field. They shot 38.9% from three. The Knicks bench played. Now, a lot of that is because it was garbage time, so they got a chance to play. All right, the fantasy players of the game tonight, ladies and gentlemen, of course, for the Atlanta Hawks, it's Trey Young. And for the Knicks, it's Mitchell Robinson. All right, Mitchell Robinson, 22 points, 13 rebounds, two blocks, one steal, one turnover. Trey Young, 42 points, four rebounds, eight assists, zero blocks, zero steals, and through only three turnovers. These are your players of the game, ladies and gentlemen. Players of the game. You want to check it out there. Rest of the box scores. Well, we'll check out the rest of the box scores. You see, I got some guys in the chat. 
City For Real is about to join us in just a second. And uh, we're going to start talking to these guys in the chat, ladies and gentlemen. And then I'm going to get to you. Uh, you see City For Real got his hat lit up, you know, doing his thing up in there. Big shout out to my man City For Real. I know he's feeling good. I know Guillermo should be feeling good. You never know with Guillermo, though. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes Guillermo's feeling good. He might feel good. But, you know, he's still, you know, you know, I don't want to take away from the win, but, you know, we're going to get one of those tonight. So just expect it, ladies and gentlemen. That's just Guillermo. So it's all good. It's okay. You know what I'm saying? You know what Guillermo's going to do, but it's all good. All right, but it's all good. I want to take, before I get to you guys, I'm going to go ahead and break down the box score for everybody. Right? Then uh, after we break down the box scores, we can go ahead and get to you guys. All right, so I can make sure I get everybody in there. As you see, for the Hawks, uh, DeAndre Hunter had 19 points. Uh, he also had uh, five rebounds. Jabari Parker had 10 points, five rebounds. Damian Jones, two points. Kevin Huda had 14 points. He also had five assists. Trey Young had 42 points and eight assists. Vince Carter had 15 points. Cam Reddish had nine points. Alex Lane had nine points. All right, Alan Crabb had no points. DeAndre Bembry had no points. Bruno Fernando had no points. Evan Turner did not play. For the Knicks, Marcus Morris had 22 points. Uh, he also had four rebounds and two assists. Julius Randle had 17 points and 11 rebounds, two assists. Uh, only one turnover for Julius Randle tonight. Todd Gibson had two points. Also had three rebounds. Uh, R.J. Barrett led the team in scoring. He had 27 points, six rebounds. Frank Nilakina, three points. Three assists, three rebounds. Alfred Payton had five points. Nine assists for Alfred Payton. Mitchell Robinson, 22 points and 13 rebounds. Bobby Portis, 11 points. Dennis Smith Jr. had eight points, five assists. Damian Dotson had nine points. And Kevin Knox, he had 17 points tonight. Just a little breakdown in the box score, ladies and gentlemen. The Knicks with a big win over the Atlanta Hawks. 143-120. to 120. Good win for the Knicks. Let's get to the guys in the chat, man. See what these guys are thinking about. Gammo, coming to you first, man. What's going on, bro? And How you feeling? Yeah, I was trying to find. I was trying to get the damn you know, like, for the last uh the last six like, games. But, in a minute, you'll be. Uh, uh, I don't know how to freaking work this stupid thing on ESPN. But um, yeah, man. Uh, I I was happy with tonight's game, man. Um, you know. You know, I'm not people who are like, oh, you gotta go. Why are you hating? It's like, no, I'm not hating. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm very happy. I like what I'm seeing from Mike Miller. I like the defense. I like when the game, when we were up by, we were up by like 20 something. The game got down to like, we were up by like 14. Mike Miller called a timeout to kind of settle us. Um, I like the fact that Trey Young, you know, as dynamic as he is, you know, every screen Frank fought over. Um, and they gave him some pity pack calls or stupid little. Get around the screen and then jump into the defender, yeah, which I still think yeah, is yeah. absolute garbage. I can't garbage. stand those calls, man. I can't I stand do. some of those calls. I, 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 if, if I'm not impeding, if I'm not trying to impede your progress, or like if I'm not truly following you, you gotta uh, even if it's for your stupid little your little stars, or whatever. You can't be calling that, man. It just it slows the game down. It it's terrible. But you know, look, um, I like what I saw tonight from the guys. You know, when it got away, obviously, you know, some guys started hitting shots and stuff, but. Um, you know, I like the defense. I like the ball being moved around. Peyton did an excellent job with the dribble drive. Still something Frank needs to learn how to do a lot better. Even though, you know, Frank had that three and whatnot. But, you know, when you see Alfred Payton, it's just, you know, e even though he picks up his dribble, he needs to stop doing that. That's a 
major thing that Walt Clive Frazier points out. But um, you know, he, ha- he he when he penetrates, he creates you know is a new tree of options. Now the defense has to kind of honor that, and I think that that's a big thing from Payne. I might see Payne as a point guard of future, but this offense looks a lot better. Now I will say, Randall again. Um, I'm not going to complain too much. Obviously, we won, but you know, no, 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 no. But but no, but honestly, because look, I look, people, ahead, look ahead, I've been a Nick fan, guys. I've been a Nick fan since '93, '94. I've seen the highest of highs, I've seen the lowest of lows. So I know what winning looks like. I know I'm not saying none of you guys. Obviously, you guys have probably watched just as many games as me. If you guys are young, you've watched a lot of games as well, a lot of games NBA. What I'm saying is that look, we uh, this is is nice, but. We cannot be the same chat that when Mike Miller goes on a seven-game losing streak, we're calling for his head without us analyzing every possible facet as to why there's a seven-game losing streak. Because we do this all the time. We're, we're all over the place. We're just this emotional girlfriend. Like, ah, ah. It's like, dude, calm down. I like what I saw tonight. I'm, I'm very happy with what I saw tonight. It was a very impressive. But let's put things in perspective. There are things that we still have to work on. Drew's Randall, and I'm going to say this, when he's not in the game, Sim, you have Payne and a big man, especially Payne and Mitch, um, and now Mitch is also cutting down his fouls as well. That offense looks a lot more fluid. So I've, look, go back to the early parts of the game where Randall's trying to over dribble again, trying to beat his man, and then there's a guy open on the perimeter versus when he's not in. That ball's moving around like a hot potato. It's moving around to the open guy. So that's all I'm trying to say. I'm not, I'm not trying to I don't have any complaints about guys, Randall's but, game tonight. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't, I don't have any complaints about Randall's game tonight. No, that, that that's probably fine. But what I'm saying, yeah, and, and I, have, I, I have, I, they said I mean, that, I have um, no complaints about his game tonight. They made a comment tonight um, that I think it was Vince Carter told Randall that Randall needs to trust Mike Miller, and that stuff, which I think is is no, excellent. no, 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 um, no. They made a comment that Fizdale told. I'm Fizzle, I'm Randall sorry, my bad. Fizzle, trust Mike cause, Miller because because Carter's talking to everybody, so I, I'm confused like an idiot. But um, that was really nice by Fizzo, a guy who's being fired. Um, he probably realized, look, I was a, a crap coach, but let me give these guys some parting words. And I thought that was, I thought that was really impressive. Um, and that's really important because Randall, again, is a guy who's with this big contract. He's probably coming in and trying to think he's has to play hero ball, and, he, and you don't. You can be a great cog on a team. You could be a leader on a team by not being the high usage guy. Look at Draymond Green. So, you know, I think that that stuff he has to take to heart, man. But again, but I I'm think, not going to I think a lot much. of that was. I'm telling you the truth. I think a lot of that was Fisdale that was trying to force him. To be a high usage guy. I mean, tonight he shot fifteen. He he took fifteen shots. Uh-huh. That was still the most on the team, but he made seven of them. He was seven for fifteen. Right? It's not yeah, a it's lot. Not, of I'm shots. not saying it's overly. Okay. I'm not even complaining about his you know, He had game. his eleven just... rebounds. He had a couple of good assists to R.J. Barrett, the guy that you know. You know, some people think that them two are going to clash heads. A couple of his assists was to R.J. Barrett. Uh, as a matter of fact, both of his assists were to R.J. Barrett. Um, I I have no problems with the way that he played tonight at all. Uh, I do because look, Sim, you guys look at you guys are just looking at pure numbers. It's not, I'm not look, just looking at pure numbers. I'm watching. I'm not just looking at pure numbers. I watched him get the ball out of his hand. Yeah, but you're mentioning plenty you're of mentioning... times when he did not have a shot. Plenty of times, get the ball out of his hands when he didn't have a shot. Sim, tonight, and um, I again, again, <laughs> I'm talking about tonight. When, I watched I him get the ball and out I'm of his hands when he didn't too. have a shot. I have shot. to finish my sentence, Sim. In the early parts of the game, Sim, thank God that we killed this team, right? So you didn't even need Randall, right, per se. There were times in the game where Randall still held the ball. And I'm saying that this offense, even – take okay, take the, the Hawks out the equation, right? The Hawks suck, right? If this was a better team, right, and Randall was in for more minutes or used more during the game, right, 
you, I could still see in the offense being bogged down. And I'm not, look when and I said it again. I have no problem when Randall gets the ball in the post, like they did tonight, right? The first play, I think the first offensive play tonight for him, they they did the triangle thing. They pass him in the post. Everybody clears out. Have no problem with that. But then there are times when he literally holds the ball. Like early on tonight, he's holding the ball. It's like, dude, get rid of it to the perimeter. Even you see the double team coming. You don't have the shot. You don't have the angle. Get rid of it. No need to try to reset and do. But I'm not. I'm not even harping him. I didn't have a problem with this game so much. I'm just saying little things. I that mean, make I'm just saying. I'm just saying it. When this, the this ball is what moves I'm around a lot more, this team, this Knicks team, is not. We scored 140 something tonight. Obviously, it's is more than an outlier, right? But what I'm saying, look what Mike Miller has done in just six games in terms of how we look more fluid on offense. All I'm saying is that if Randall can kind of still cut down on that, I don't even mind if he takes 20 shots as long as they're 20 solid shots. That's all I want. I want Randall to score. I, I mean, want I to think do well that he took – I'm just saying I think he took solid shots tonight. You look at – I, I look at the first fine. quarter. I'm looking at – I'm going to look at the first quarter, right? The Knicks were up 41-27. Marcus Morris took five shots. Julius Randle took five shots. R.J. Barrett took three shots. Alfred Payton took four shots. Right? To me, that sounds like, you know, that the ball is moving around. People, other people Did are taking shots. Are, see, Sim, you're also right? breaking down just shots. What about the times where he's passing the ball too late or he sees things too late because he's trying to do too much? It's not just but shots. But see, I, I don't think he did it's that not, tonight. I feel like he got the ball out of no, his hands. He took he, the I'm shots not, when he was on the as, way to the basket like or the when he was game. open. It's not like the Denver game in the fourth quarter. when it, I'm not saying it's that bad. I'm not even trying to kill Randall. All I'm just saying is that with him on this team, he's the only guy. I mean, Morris does that at times too. But Moore's more so can can score and shoot. So you and he's I guess our main scorer, whatever you want to call it. So I don't mind it. But Randall, I'm just saying I'm not even trying to complain too much of Randall. I'm just saying you that are this because everything you're up. saying, you know, you you, no, you are. Not, but, but you know what? It is sim is like people. This is this is a problem with Knicks fans, right? There's no nuance. Everything is happy, happy, joy, joy, or I hate you, I hate you, kill, kill. I hate, hate, hate. There's nuance to everything. When I'm saying that Randall, there's things to Randall's game. I'm not harping on Randall saying, oh, this guy, he's had a terrible game. He held us. I'm like, no, we, we won 30, I, I, 30 but, but points. But what I'm saying is tonight points. he didn't happy, do that. You still he have does to that. I get like it, but he didn't when do your that daughter, tonight. Listen, when, you, when your daughter has a game, right, and she has a blowout win, do you sit there and she did things wrong that she's continually doing? No matter if the team won by 50, you're still going to sit down with your daughter and say, hey, look, you had a good game. The team won a happy blah blah, but there's still some things you need to work on because you want her to be even better. But what I'm when saying to Randall, you, what I I'm saying to you is that I did not see him do that tonight. I seen him get the ball out of his hands tonight. Get the ball out of his hands and move it. Maybe it's maybe it's not as fast as you want him to do it, but he still got the ball out of his hands. He didn't take a whole bunch of shots over five people. He got he you know moved crazy, the ball you know out what of his hands. Us, you know what separates us from some of the top teams? And it's not necessarily just obviously, yes, you could say talent. But what separates us from, like, say, the Raptors is that when they when, when there's a, the whole idea of getting the ball quickly to perimeter, right? There's no even there's no second guessing. It's almost like automatic moving but the ball when, around, right? And yes, he, Randall has gotten better since Fizzle left. I'm not taking that away from Mike Miller's doing a better job. <laughs> but Randall still holds the ball. When he doesn't have to. Some of these but other not top tonight. teams, they have a bunch I don't of think, I just don't think he did it and tonight. I don't think he I, did it tonight. I think tonight he played a pretty good basketball game, and I don't have much to complain about with the way that he played tonight. I don't have much to complain about with the way that anyone – if I complained about anything, is that it's the threes that he's taking when he's not a three-point shooter. 
Right? If I'm, if I if I complain about anything, it's the, it, for me, it's the threes that he's taken. Right when he's not a three point shooter, he took one three. He took one three in the first quarter. I don't think he took any in the second quarter. I'm not sure how many he took in the second half. I'd have to look at it. I don't know. I, I thought he played a, a decent game the tonight uh, without holding the ball too long. Although City for real. I'm coming to you, City what? for real. My Guess man what? City, what's going Guess on? What? He didn't have as many turnovers as he's been having in the previous games. So you can't, like, you know what I mean? Hey, City, like, what's popping, man? Hawks. Yeah. Yo, what's up, Sam? What's good? Go ahead, man. Finish. Finish saying what you were saying. Hey, Sim, I just want to say this, right? We we played a good game tonight, right? And regardless of what people want to say about Julius Randle's play, he's stepped it up. He hasn't been turning the ball over as much as he used to. He hasn't been playing with his back to the basket as much as he used to. He's been playing downhill. Now, did he take a couple of bad three-point shots? Yeah, whatever. Did we play the Hawks, which is one of the worst defensive teams in the league? Yeah, but guess what? We're one of the worst defensive league teams in the league, too. And guess what? With all of that being said, we fought back many of times in all of the games that we played, even being the worst defensive team in the league. Or one of the worst. I can't say the worst. One of the worst. But with that being said, that means what? It doesn't matter if you're playing the worst defensive team in the league because guess what? We were one of them, and we fought back in many of games. We played a good game tonight. We did something that I've been asking the team to do, and that's get up on top, sustain a lead, and keep it. Now, although we didn't win every quarter because we only lost the fourth quarter by two points, but I ain't even going to harp on that because we played a good game, and that's what we need to respect as being Nick fans, like we can't say, oh, well, this guy is doing this too much, doing that too much. No, we played a good game. You can't single out a couple of plays and try to fault it as in we played a bad game. You know what I'm saying, Sim? Like we played a good game tonight. Yeah, and I mean, I don't, think, I don't think he was trying to single out and say that we played that. a bad we game. Actually, Tim, we actually blew a team out tonight. And I don't care if it's the Hawks because you know what? When other teams come and play us and they blow us out, they don't care if we the Knicks. Their fans are saying what? <laughs> they sure we don't. blew them out. And, and I, don't think, I don't think he was trying to say that we played a bad game. I just, uh, you know, I just don't think that Randall did those things tonight. You know what I'm saying? I mean, every game, there's gonna, every game that you play, you know, there's going to be times when somebody holds the ball too long or something like that. That's going to happen in every single game. I have no complaints about the way that he played tonight. Besides made, maybe a couple of bad three-pointers. I think, he, But I think he was 0 for 2. You know what I'm saying? I think he was 0 for 2 from the three-point line. Um, and I do want to respond okay, to someone in the chat. That's okay because he's not really um, our best three-point shooter, or he's not really the guy. I mean, he took a he took a couple of threes. That's it's 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 okay. It wasn't it wasn't the threes that he took. We didn't lose the game, so it wasn't like he took threes that were like, oh, if he wouldn't have took that three, we would have won the game. Like no, like you know what I'm saying. He took a couple of three. One three, I would say, wasn't in the flow. But then the other one, I could say it was kind of like in the flow or whatever. But okay. that's neither here nor there. At the end of the day, we still won. Let's go. 
Now, I do want to respond to somebody in the YouTube chat. Vincent, let me see what his name is. Vincent Vandro. You said, Sim does not like to be wrong. You know, it's not about if I was right or wrong. Him and I were having a discussion. We were having a debate. That's what you do in a debate. He thinks he's right. I think I'm right. That's what a debate is. You know what I'm saying? And we were having a discussion in a, in a debate about it. So, That's yeah, I'm going to argue my side. You know I'm saying? I'm going to argue my side. Regardless of the way it is, the Knicks played a very good game tonight. Had to be the best game of the season. Again, they shot 55.8% from the field, 46.4% from the three-point line. They made, their, they, made, they made free throws tonight. I had 77.4%, but that's good. That's okay. They made 24 of 31 free throws tonight. Knicks had to play their best game of the season. We'll see if they can continue. They play a much better team on Friday versus the Miami Heat. So we'll see if the Knicks are able to continue um, you know, playing good basketball. You know what I'm saying? Uh, let me get to my man, Poppy Entertainment. How you doing? Poppy, what's, what's good, brother? How you feeling? I'm doing good, good. Very happy that we got that win. Yeah, man. I feel you. I'm happy. I'm happy with it, too, man. We got to win. So, break down. Yeah. How, how you feel about the game tonight? Well, I feel that first game that I feel that we played really, really as a team the way that we're supposed to play, like mm -hmm. passing the ball around, moving the ball, moving players. The defense is always – I feel like we've been consistent with our defense lately after Mike Miller came back. But when it comes to our team, I just feel – don't met, like a lot of people are saying start painting and move this over here. I feel like we should just keep it the way it is. Keep riding the chemistry that we have. The team are playing with a really good chemistry right now. Some people are asking for trades, like trade Morris and this. I'm like, look, let's give at least the team we have a shot until February. See what they can do. You know, like see how many wins we could build before the trade deadline. That's all I ask from our players. Like, let's see what they can do until February. After the Miami game, I think we play like the Bucks, and then it's like bottom team teams of the league. Like, we got we there's like six, seven games that we could win there, you know. And I, I was trying to argue with somebody in the chat that we're literally only five games away from the eighth seed because the East sucks. <laughs> so it's kind of like, yo, let's give these guys a shot until February. But the question I have for you, Sim, is. How right. many wins do you think Mike Miller has to win this year in order for the Knicks to keep him as the head coach? Oh, man, that's a really, really, really good question, too. I, I don't even have – I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to come down to wins or if it's going to come down just to just straight-up team improvement. I you feel like it saying? should come down to that. I don't care if the team improves. If we don't win, like <laughs> – I prefer uh, win. I, you like, know, I that's, 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 that's a really good question. Close to 30, we should try to keep him. Say that again? I feel like if we get close to 30 wins, we should try oh. to keep him. Okay. You know? Uh, you know, if, if... Let me see. We are right now, we are 7-22, and 22, right? We're 15 games below 500. To get the 30 wins, we've got to win 23 more games. I mean, is it doable? It may be doable. Uh, it's it's no. for 500, right? Say that. Say go, that again. We have to go 500 for the end of the into the end of the season, right? 
Uh, I haven't really looked at it, but I'm going to take your word for it. Maybe so. You yeah, because we have, to, yeah, we have so. 20 side games, and if it's 80, that means there's 50 more games left. So we yeah, win. yeah, yeah, yep. we gotta win yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. So about games. that, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm saying. I feel like, yo, we got we got a shot to actually see if this coach is good. But like, if we do a trade before February, it's just gonna mess the chemistry up. Even though we could get something better or something worse, it's still gonna mess up the chemistry that we've already been building for the last five, six games. I mean, what if it's a slam dunk type of trade, man? Where you know you really get well, somebody back. Well, if it's a back. superstar, then it, of course go for it, you know. But if it's like just to like for an example, the Clippers trade to get a first round pick and more Harkless, I don't want that. Like, if you're telling me we're trading for Devin Booker or you know, the only one I'm gonna be honest with you, and I know everybody here is gonna kill me. The only one I like is Chris Paul. And this is the reason why, because everybody says they don't want that contract, right? But if we could get a first-round pick back from OKC, have them attach Nernan's Noel to get that backup center position for now, the only reason I like that trade, Sim, is that it's going to make all of our young guys and other players better. But what most people forget is that in 2021, where everybody's a free agent, he's an expiring contract that will be easier to get rid of. Like, we could get rid of him his last year because we could give a pick to get rid of him if you really want to. Well, I mean, that's that's true. You could do something like that. That's that's yeah, true. like, play him um, these next two years. Imagine him playing with Randall, making a Randall better player. He would definitely make Mitchell Robinson a better offensive player. You know, th- those alley-oops, showing, being a leader with R.J. Barrett, you know, showing Frank Nilakina how to be a better point guard. Like, he could do so much in this team. Like, look how he has OKC playing. And he's I mean, not even the main. I mean, main he, guy. He, he could he could do a lot. He he could do some of those things. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I think he could do some of those things. Um so, so if, why if, if, but if I'm bringing if I'm the only reason we don't trade for him, right? But we could trade for him in 2021 because he's gonna be an expiring deal. So we could get rid of him. Well, not it's not that easy as it's, it's not now, that easy, right? It's it's not that easy. But the, here's something that here here's another thing though, that, and this is a question I want to ask the chat. I'm gonna ask you. I want to ask the chat, right? If we continue to play good, let's say we let's say we continue to be a 500 team. Okay. Let's say we get in the next ten games, we win seven. Let's say. Okay. Does that save Steve Mills and Scott Perry's job? You know what's funny that people were saying that earlier, and that's why I said, let's wait until February. You know, if they're doing really decent, that means, honestly, it wasn't their fault. Because I don't blame Mills and Perry so much because everybody they signed was for a one-year deal. They did the smart thing. They missed in free agency, and they did the smart thing. They signed Randall for two years, Left flexibility for 2021, and everybody else is here on a one-year deal with a team well, option. If they okay, do good, I, we keep them. They don't do good, we get rid of them. Simple as that. Like uh-huh. what more? Like think about it this way: after the big guys got signed somewhere else, who else was a free agent that we could have brought in that would have helped the team? Well, I would have liked to see him go after uh, D'Angelo Russell at that point. But I mean, that, that's neither here nor there. That, that's neither here nor there. Honestly, bringing in players. Uh, you know what they did over the summer I have no problem with it I never did 
and I'm not going to change uh, now that you know we had a we had a bad season and and you know there's been a lot of Knicks fans that did that the you only know, that were excited about the team and then all of a sudden when we were playing bad we're talking about we had misfits and da 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 da, da right honestly Correct. I liked what they did in the off season the way that they the way that they the way that they pivoted That's what right I'm saying. uh I'm. I'm not changing it. I'm not changing the way I feel about it now, but I don't like the way that they do that they did business this year. You know, as far as the way that they handled Coach Fisdale. Now, I'm not defending Coach Fisdale, but I do not like the way that they handled Coach Fisdale and the way that they did his. Uh, hold on for a minute. In the way that they did that press conference, I thought that they undermined him that way. I thought that was a bad move. And then when they fired Coach Fisdale, um, uh, you know, just, just some of the things I, I didn't like the way that they did business. I didn't think that it was uh, above water. You know what I'm saying? I, I felt like they were a little bit underhanded with Fizdale. I don't know. I can't say because I wasn't there, obviously, but I thought it was a little bit underhanded with Fizdale. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm not saying he does. He didn't deserve to be let go. I think he does. He did deserve to be let go. I was on. I was on his case. I definitely felt he deserved to be let go. I just don't like the way that they handled some things. Um, but a lot of people are calling for their heads, right? A lot of people are calling for their heads. But if Mike Miller is able to get these guys to play 500 ball or better for the remainder of this season, then does he prove those guys right? And they keep their jobs. You know what I'm saying? Uh, real quick, uh, Poppy, I'm going to, you know, to just answer me that real quick and then I'm going to go to Mark. Well, honestly, like I said, Steve Mills, you know, they did they did what they had to do. The only mistake I feel like they did was sign Bobby Portis. Instead of Bobby Portis, they should have got like somebody to back up Mitch as a rim protector. And that was the only mistake. And I feel like once they got, they got Marcus Morris later, they were probably trying to go for that backup center, but they saw Morris in an opportunity and they just got Morris. So I just feel like they could make up for it. Hopefully they could just trade Portis, Portis and Ellington for a backup center, make the team a little bit better. Okay. All right. All right. Mark, I'm coming to you, Mark. Somebody let Mark, I'm coming to him real quick. I do want to respond to somebody that in the chat. Uh, Marvin Smith, you said, there is no way... When you're fi- there is no proper way when you're firing someone. You know what? I, I kind of agree with you, too. It, when you're firing someone, it's going to be awkward, right? It's going to be awkward altogether, but, you know, and, and it's hard. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard. It puts everybody in kind of a, a bad situation, you know? Uh, but I thought there were some things that they could have did. They just could have been a little bit more on up and up, I felt. You know what I mean? Um you know, they didn't put a statement out until a couple of days after. I don't know if it was due to logistics or whatever it was. Uh, I just, you know, would have liked to see it done a little bit better, a little bit tighter, I guess. I don't know. You know, but as far as, you know, the players that they brought in, I'm not mad about it. I wasn't then. I'm not now. Did I expect that they were going to be uh, a playoff team? I thought that they would be somewhere between 30 and 35 wins. Do I think that down? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But um, 
You know, I'm not I'm not changing my stance. Not changing my stance. All right, Mark, I'm coming to you, man. I'm coming to you. All right, Mark. So here's my question. Go ahead. You probably heard it already. But if Mike Miller keeps these guys playing, say, around 500 for the remainder of the season, Scott Perry and Steve Mills, do they keep their jobs? Damn. No, because there's there's a lot of ink, there's a lot of rambling that, that people in the organization wants Mills off the uh off the thing. So I don't think Mills is gonna keep his job. So uh, as long as Mills don't keep his job, I don't think I don't think he's gonna keep his job regardless of the, of, uh, of of if Mike Miller does good with the Knicks. I don't think so because it's people in the organization that want him gone. And again, after the embarrassment that they did, and after Ramon Shelburne put out that article. That, that, that already, that already, he already went to his deathbed on that one. That Ramon article just just ruined everything. Like it was all in detail. Well, but well, but well, here's it. I mean, let's put it like this: with the Ramon and Shelburne article, um, her information is based on sources. James Dolan has James Dolan, Steve Mills, and all of them. They know the truth. Truth, whatever that truth is, they know the truth. So. James and, Dolan. I'm gonna tell you why that makes sense. I'm gonna tell you why that makes sense. Just hold off up, the David Griffin. Up, hold up, hold up. I'm not arguing for or against the article. All I'm saying is, when it comes to James Dolan making the decision, that article is not gonna weigh two cents into it, because that article is based on sources that she has, where James Dolan has, whatever the truth is, he has it. Do you understand what? Do you get what I'm saying? Why yeah, is James Dolan going to base anything on an outside article when he has the truth in his hands? He could care less about that article. He has so, the truth. Whatever that truth is, he has it. So that article is well, not going to come into play. So, so, so my, my thing is that article is in play because he basically, if you read that article, how you knew it was real because David Griffin would have had the job. If, if Steve Mills didn't sign the seventy-two million dollar deal to, to Hardaway, and that's what told, that's what, what they, that's when David Griffin said, "I'm out," because David Griffin was going to get the job. David Griffin was going to get the job, and then, and then the same time he's going to get the job, what did Steve Mills do? Sign Hardaway for seventy-two million dollars. Bro, so I, that I don't think had, I, I, that I, I know what was in the bro. article. I know what's in the article. I'm not arguing for or against the article. I, that's not what I'm saying. That, that's no, not Steve what I'm saying. Steve not going to keep his job. But but what I'm saying is that's not what I'm saying at all about the I article. I understand. And he, I'm saying James and, Dolan could care less about the article because he has the truth. He has the truth. He knows what Steve Mills did. He knows what Steve Mills did not do. He knows what Scott Perry did. He knows what Scott Perry did not do. He he well, has see, all well, that well, information well, already. Well Perry, well, Perry was Steve Mills' minion, meaning that that was his hire, so he could look over what Steve Mills does, what, what, what Scott Perry does. You know, like, what Steve Mills did, he created his own little cult. That's what he did. So he could have control of everything to keep his job. Him doing what he did to Fizz was to keep his job. Everything that, again, that Steve again, Mills like, did. Again, wrong. again, 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 like I said, that's Ramona Shelburne and her sources. James Dolan has... He was there firsthand. So what she says is one mm -hmm. thing. What James Dolan knows because he was there is another thing. 
Okay, so my question is, my question is, what do you think that James Dolan know that is different from this story? I don't know. I don't know. That's the reason why she has sources, right? Because she saying, has what, sources. What, what, what because other scenario? What but, other scenario could you think of? I'm not thinking of any scenario because that's not my point right now. My point is, okay. is, is my point is not if that article keep his was job, right. Period. My point is, I don't think is, Steve Mills keep his job. Okay. All right. Steve Mills um, burned down this organization if, enough. If if he's able to keep the keep the Knicks playing around five hundred, mm-hmm. or maybe just a little under five hundred, mm-hmm. right? Maybe it's not even five hundred. Maybe it's a little under mm-hmm. five hundred. Does that prove Scott Perry and Steve Mills right about the roster? No, no, no. It doesn't. No, not to me. No. So this was okay. A, this was so so how does it prove? Because Sim, how does it prove okay. it wrong? You hired Fisdale to do the job for four years. But then you bring in nine new players and do a 10-game increment like your team that's been winning 50 games for seasons and seasons and seasons. Then you fire him. You go on the podium while he was in the locker room and you, you, put, him in a, you put him in a situation where he couldn't coach from that night. I said it that night, you need to be fired. Not the day after, that same night that they did that because they had no right of doing that. You can't give a coach nine new guys and expect us to win at a rate that they thought. The Steve Mills thought we should have been a, a winning team. That's what they thought. I don't think they thought that. I don't think that's what they thought. I don't think that's what they thought. See, 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 th- this is the one thing that I get about, about w- with Knicks fans and the media. And it kills me. It really, really bothers me. It really does bother me. Because we hear all this stuff that the media puts out there, but we ignore what the Knicks actually say. And we follow everything that we follow everything that's out there from all these other sources. You know, sources come from this, sources come from that. You know what I'm saying? We pay attention to all of that and we forget about whatever the Knicks actually say. Right. Never once did we hear from the Knicks mouth that they thought the Knicks that they were going to be a winning team. We thought they said that they would be a more competitive team. They expected them to be a more competitive team when they were asked about the playoffs. They didn't even let the word come out of their mouths. They didn't even let the word come out of their mouths. So that's what I, I, I don't get. Right. The media people say, oh, that Steve Mills and Scott Perry expected them to be a playoff team or if they if the media even said that. Right. But that never came out of Scott Perry, Steve Mills mouth. Not that I heard. You know what I'm saying? Not that I heard. I never heard it come out of their mouths. This all the, the, the media stuff. You know, so I don't think that they expected. My question is. If Mike Miller can win or, or, or win, a, you know, uh, at what we all expected with this team where Fisdale couldn't because. Either way, where Fisdale couldn't. You know, does it prove that they were right about the roster? Not that the roster is a championship roster, that they were right that this roster could be competitive. And not get blown out every night like they started to do. You know, I mean, I mean, before before they had the 
the the the whole media thing, Coach uh, Scott Perry and Steve Mills, they were getting blown out every night. Not every single night. They started the season, they were competitive, then they started getting blown out. And they, and they weren't competitive. Now, I didn't agree with the way that they did the interview. I didn't think that was right. You know what I'm saying? I think that I thought that they could have handled everything internally. Everything internally, I thought that they could have handled it. But they didn't. So I didn't think that that was right. But I didn't think that Coach Fisdale was doing a good job either. You know? So that's why I want, I'm going to get to some people from the phone. From the phone. Get to a couple of phone calls. I want to find out from you all if Mike Miller can continue to have these guys competing the way that they're competing and win at a higher clip. Does it prove Scott Perry and Steve Mills right? Does it prove them right? And do you think they still lose their jobs at the end of this at the end of this season? You know, at the end of the season. That's what I want to know. You know, competitive equals winning. Competitive doesn't always equal winning. Being competitive doesn't always equal winning. You know what I'm saying? You get to a call. Call and you're on live with nothing but Knicks. What's popping? Hey, man, what's going on? I'm a first-time caller. What's going on with you, bro? Oh, not much, man. I'm listening to your, to the cast after watching the game. I just wanted to give a little bit of a optimism and my thought about uh, the game tonight and actually being out here in North Dakota and originally from Flushing, Queens. Oh, wow. Uh, North Dakota. Watch the, yeah. Tell me about it. So <laughs> expect as, as far as like media and everything like that to watch Nick games, I actually stream through a, a specific website. So I get the telecast from different teams. And so it's like tonight I had the telecast from the actual Atlanta Hawks. And the announcers that were uh, the, color, the color commentators from tonight's game uh-huh. were, like, highly impressed with the Knicks. And uh, I was actually surprised to hear a different team's color commentators, you know, suggesting, like, hey, the Knicks are actually, you know, having a good flow of basketball. They're playing team basketball. It's all controlled. You should have heard them talking about Mitchell Robinson and Kevin Knox, especially R.J. Barrett. And just how much more control the team has been since, like Mike Miller has taken over. And I've noticed that throughout the last three games, all the color commentators have been actually expressing good things about the Knicks and how he's running the team and how the team's much more controlled. Everybody has their own roles. It looks like team basketball instead of shots being forced. Everybody's kind of filled into their roles, actually making the team look better. That nature. I don't know. I just wanted to give that little bit tidbit of information. And then also, I just want to give it up to Vince Carter. I mean, 42 and 42 years old, still playing at a high level in the NBA. So, I mean, even uh, the Knicks crowd was giving it up to Vince Carter tonight. I mean, you, how you can not give it up to a guy like Vince Carter? Yeah, you know definitely. what I mean? So, I just wanted to put that little tidbit of information in everybody's ears that, you know, Mike Miller is – giving everybody a different look on the Knicks other than just Knicks fans and, you know, the media, the big, big media out there like ESPN. Yeah. Nah, I, I, I agree like with you. you know I mean? And um, do you think that if Mike Miller is able mm-hmm. to keep these guys being competitive and, and you know, yeah. winning at a higher clip, mm-hmm. 
does 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 Mike Miller himself save Steve Mills and Scott Perry's job? I don't think so. As far as GM and the you know the front office, I don't think so. I think he's going to secure his his role as the head coach. But as far as picking up assets and things of that nature that has to go with the front office, I don't think their jobs are as secure as you know anything. So. I don't think so, but I would like to see a different front office up there working with Mike Miller to make the team better product on the floor. That's me personally, but the powers that be. It's all about money. It's all about the the NBA's business. So I always look at it at that point of view. It's a business to me. And so they have to make the necessary adjustments for the business of the Knicks and the fans and the garden and everything like that. So, and it's all I about admit. the media ratings too. So, Oh, definitely. Oh, always. Is it, that's yeah. always part of it. <laughs> always part of it, yep. man. Yep. So, hey, hey, I appreciate If you take the out call, the money man. out of it, yeah, they're going to be passionate about the, about the Knicks and he may, they may keep them. But as far as the money side of it, probably not. It's not going to, it's not benefiting the Knicks to keep those two in the front office from the business side of the NBA. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Hey, I appreciate the call. Um, hey, thank South you for Dakota, having me on, bro. man. Is it nice out there? Hell no. It's like 20 below. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just nice, just nice being there. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a good spot. I mean, it's a rural country, you know, and okay, good place to raise kids and stuff like that. Yeah. But right. it, ain't, it ain't New York. It ain't, the, you know, it ain't the city. So. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Hey, I appreciate your call, man. All right, thank you. Appreciate right, it. Thank bro. you. Appreciate it. Hey, it's a question, ladies and gentlemen. I know everybody has their opinions about Scott Perry, Steve Mills, and that they need to go. You know, um, twelve. You're right. Perry has also kept our cap flexible. You got it. You got to admit that since at least since Scott Perry's been here. Not Steve Mills. Steve Mills has been through all kinds of crazy, bad regimes. But at least since Scott Perry's been here, he's helped to keep the salary cap clean. Right? We got a pretty much, pretty much we got a clean salary cap right now, which is the reason why we can talk about so many trade scenarios and things that we could or should do. Scott Perry's helped to keep that clean. Um, obviously, you had... Uh, the, the trade for Chris Dats Porzingis. Some people like it. Some people don't like it. But we do have some draft picks from it. For whatever that's worth. So we do have draft picks. And we've kept all of our draft picks. We have not traded any draft picks away. Um, if a new general manager, uh, president and general manager does come in, they would, have had, they would have done no work to obtain the cap flexibility that they will have coming in. If you understand what I just said, I probably confused you. right? If Mizai Ujiri comes in, he's going to come in and inherit a clean cap. Or whoever comes in, they're going to inherit a very clean cap in a situation where players are tradable. Players can be moved. A situation where you can absorb contracts and, and, and do different things. And you'll have draft picks. You have all of your draft picks and extra draft picks. So they would have inherited a good situation financially 
And that's due to Scott Perry and Steve Mills. Maybe more Scott Perry than Steve Mills. I don't know. But they would have inherited a good situation financially. Okay? Just saying. You know, so they did do that. They've done a good job there. Caller, you're on live with nothing but Nick's. What's popping? Peace to the chat, Sim. How you Peace. doing? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm good. Um, for one, for your question, first things first, your question. Okay. About Scott Mills and Perry keeping their job. Perry, I, I think Perry should keep his job or he should, you know, whatever, move up or whatever. Um, Steve Mills, he, he should have been gone. He should have been gone. When they fired, um, when they fired, um, um, Joe Jackson, oh Isaiah Thomas. No, not Isaiah Thomas. Um, the last one, the last general manager we had. Um, so, um, he still coached um, the Chicago Bulls and the Lakers. Joe Jackson. Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson. He should have been going with Phil Jackson left. He should have okay. fired the both of them, got rid of both of them. That's 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 one. That's one thing that I, I feel. All right. Um we played a, a, a very good game tonight. My my only problem is that, you know, I know I, I, I know that players have to be accountable accountable for them, but the only way that players are going to get better is by being on the floor. They can't be, but they can't get better by sitting on the bench and just playing a couple of hours in um, practice. They have to be on the floor in order to get better. We've been preaching, you know, the youth, the youth. Let's, let's, let's get our young core together. You know what I'm saying? Let's get our young core together. If we get if we get our young core together, we can become a dynasty. We can get like how. Chicago did it back in the days. How um, Golden State doing was did it for the last few years. We can be like that, but we gotta we gotta get our young core together. By sitting young core down, we not we we not moving forward. We at a standstill. By letting all these vets get in, we know that we know they could play because they've been playing for these last last nine years, seven years, and all of that. We know they could play ten years. We need to let the young core be on the floor and let and, and let them play. They learn to play together, Sim. We can be a, we could be a, a, a big dynasty. We can get we can be where we want to be. Where we've been looking for us to get back to. By sitting okay. them sitting them down and not having them play, we not we we we're gonna be in a standstill. By letting these people these these players that we only got one or two one or two year deals with, they we we, we taking away from our youth. Okay. Now I get you. I understand. I understand. I think the philosophy behind it, and I'm not going to disagree with you. I just think the philosophy behind it is that if you get some, if you get some guys that can come in and you know help the team to be more competitive, then these guys, you get these young guys playing in more competitive situations instead of always in you know bad games and stuff like that. You know, I think you know that's the hope, and you know, and and it help. You know, the, I think the idea was to make them have to fight for their positions. You know what I'm saying? Um, we'll see what's going to happen. But, I mean, I agree with you. You know, it's got to be a mixture. Guys got to, they got to watch and they got to play. You know what I mean? Yeah. They got to watch and they, ha and they got to play. You know, so. Definitely. 
Yeah. Hey, my man, I appreciate your call, bro. Appreciate the call. Wait, Sam. Okay. Talk to you later, sir. All right, later. Peace. Peace. And then here's another question, because I've seen a lot of people, you know, saying in, saying in the chat that it proves that Mike Miller can coach, that, you know, if Mike Miller does that, he should keep his job, but then you move on and you get another, uh, you know, another a new front office, right? Another executive in there or whatever. But here's the thing. I can guarantee you this. And, and, and it's a sticky situation because let's just say, for example, Mike Miller coaches this team to be 500, right? And caller, give me just one second. I'm going to get to you. All right, just listen in. Um, let's just say that Coach Mike Miller gets this team to play 500 basketball for the rest of the season. Let's just speak hypothetically right now. But then James Dolan turns around and he says, I don't like the job that Scott Perry and Steve Mills did. I'm firing you. And you bring in another, you know, another general manager, another president and general manager, however he decides to go about doing it. That president and general manager, they're going to want to bring in their own coach. So it's likely if that happens, Mike Miller's going to be fired anyway. So it seems to me that, of course, Mike Miller's coaching for his job. You know, you know, he wants to be, I'm pretty sure he wants to be the head coach of the Knicks moving forward. Who wouldn't? Right? But he too probably understands that if a new executive comes in, they're going to want to bring in their own coach. Now, will he get a chance? Yeah, he probably will get a chance. He'll probably get a chance, but they're going to be looking at him like the, the same way when Scott Perry and Steve Mills took over as the president and general manager, they looked at Jeff Hornacek and yeah, they gave him, you know, they gave him to the end of the season, but they had an idea that they didn't want him to be the coach going forward, in my opinion. Right? They knew. And that's where, you know, that, that puts Mike Miller in such a sticky situation. Really puts him in a, in a sticky situation. Because if he does very well, and Scott Perry and Steve Mills still get fired, a new executive might come in and say, yeah, but you did great. You did a good job. I'm pat you on the back. But I want this guy to be my coach. It happens that way. That's that's how it happens when you get a new executive coming, you know. So it's um, that's a sticky situation for Mike Miller. You know what I mean? Tough situation for him. Caller, you're on live, man. What's popping? What's up, Sam? It's Aunt G. It's Aunt G, sir. What's up, Aunt? I'm chilling, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. Feeling good. Um, I think like if if we were to go 500 the rest of the year, that'd put us at what a little over 30 wins, like 30, 31 wins. Let me see. So um, right now, we're what? What's our record right now? Seven and twenty-one. Seven, seven and twenty-one. Seven and twenty-one. So that's twenty-nine games. We play eighty-two games in the season. That leaves us with what? Fifty-two games left. Yeah, that's twenty. Twenty around like twenty-five wins. So wins. if we have fifty-two games, that puts us around twenty-six wins. That's right. So that means wins. we would be thirty-three and whatever. 33 and 49 if, or something like that. If that would have happened, 
and Mills and Perry got fired. And, and listen, I'm by no means the Mills and Perry fan, or even though I, I I do like Scott Perry, but I'm not the biggest fan of Mills. Um, but if we were to win 33 games and they got fired, they would be a victim of our, of our expectation, being completely out of whack. If we won 33 games, to me that would indicate that Fizdale was clearly the problem. That's a 16-game improvement over the previous year. I don't – I mean, if they were to get fired at that point, it is a victim of our expectations and a victim of, of, of the media pressure. Because to me, that would be a successful season depending on which expectations were. I mean, a lot of us were predicting on the high end, like like the, like 30, 35 wins. So if they won 33, I don't see how any of us would look at that season and call it a disappointment unless we were just completely over expecting on what this team could accomplish this year. Right. I mean, yeah. that's, and, that's and, just a, I mean, yeah. If, I mean, imagine if they did that with Fisdale and we didn't start off as bad, right? The whole narrative would be different. If we just won 33 games and we played okay all season, we never won any big losing streaks, then would right. they still get fired? I mean, if Dolan wants to fire them for hiring Fisdale, I guess, but to win 33 games, you know, I think that clearly proves that Fizdale was the problem. And and see that, that that's what I kind of think. And you know, I seen a question by Chris Ward earlier in the YouTube chat asking me would I fire uh, Steve Mills and and Scott Perry. And you know, I think I would right now. I'd be giving them until the end of the season, see what happens with Mike Miller, so I can evaluate the roster. You know, and and right. and and what you know was it Fizdale? Or was it just bad roster construction, you know, and and look at, you know, well, what would your plan be going forward, you know, to to continue to to build this roster? I think you have to look at that. You know what I'm saying? Because if he's able to get these guys to it. Mills has had time. So if Mills were to get fired, I mean, he's been with the organization for how many years? But I don't know if Perry has has deserved to get fired. I mean, what did Perry promise when he came? He promised us that he was going to draft well and keep cap flexibility. He's done exactly what he promised to do. I don't see. I don't think Perry deserves to get fired. We're going to have to pay Perry anyway. So if we believe he could be an asset, let him be an asset. Don't pay him to sit home. You know what I mean? So if Perry's going to be on the payroll, even if you do bring in a president, I'm sure we could find something for Perry to do that's going to be valuable to the organization. I don't no, see I, the point I, of firing Perry okay. two summers in. You know, when he has drafted well, I mean, he got Mitchell Robinson. That's a gem. Kevin Knox is a young guy. He still has a lot of potential. We all love the R.J. Barrett pick. People were champion Alonzo Trier all the last year. So, I mean, I just think it's interesting how narratives can change so fast. And now all of, all of a sudden, Perry is fireable all of a sudden. When he, I mean, he's done exactly what he said he was going to do. And I think he deserves more time. Listen, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. My only thing, and I'm just thinking as James Dolan. I'm not thinking about I'm not thinking about Perry. Well, I'm, I, let me not say I'm thinking as James Dolan. I'm thinking as the new executive, come, the new president coming in, let's say. Right? So let's say you, James Dolan fires Steve Mills, moves him to another area, or, or whatever he does. If I'm the new president coming in. Am I going to look at Scott Perry as the new Steve Mills? You understand what I mean? When right. I say the new Steve Mills, mm-hmm. the guy that 
the guy that that James Dolan is like, okay, now you're my eyes and ears. Steve Mills ain't no more. You're now my eyes and ears. That's where you know. That's where it gets a little. It gets a little shaky for me. Now, I'm not that. saying that Perry's done that. a bad job. I think you're exactly right. Perry's done what he said he was going to do, what they wanted to do with managing the cap and, and those type of things. I, 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 I agree with you, but he might end up being a casualty. Right. He just might end up Perry. being a casualty. And I think if he ends up being a casualty, I've seen someone say in the chat, uh, if Mike Miller is able to get this team to overachieve for the remainder of the season and he still gets fired you know you know it, it'd be it'd be it'd be bad but when you bring in a new president it's very likely that they could say i have the guys that i want to bring in that happens right. all the time which is how it normally works how it normally works right you know so the, the the biggest mistake perry made along with mills was the Kevin Durant Kyrie thing. Imagine if we said from the jump, we're not interested in free agents this summer. We're just going to keep building through the draft. The narrative would be so different. It'd be different. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. We'll see. Well, listen, I'm just hoping that they can continue to compete and play hard. I see people talking about playoffs, right? I'm not even looking at that. I'm just want to take this thing one game at a time. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Take yeah, one game yeah, at a time <laughs> and, and, and try to win. And I'm not even looking yeah. at can they get into that eighth seed right now. Just take it one game at a time and let these guys play and continue to try to keep building. That's all I want to look at. You know what I mean? That's all I want to see. I'm taking see. it a quarter at a time. So I'm taking it a quarter at a time. <laughs> a quarter Wait, at a time, right. And then I <laughs> see people quarters, man. And I see people talking about tanking to try to get the number one pick and all this kind of stuff. Nah. I don't want to hear that. That's not that doesn't that's not gonna help us. In my opinion, it's no, not going to No, it don't work anymore. Us. You can win 30 games and get a top five pick. So, thinking right. is, you know, it's, yeah, it doesn't yeah. really work it's, anymore. It's, so. it's not, it's not going to help us. It's not going to help us to develop something for the future, you know, and keep moving nah. forward if we keep having this loser, loser's mentality. You know what I mean? Nah, you're right. I, I feel you. Yeah, so. A lot of stuff going forward. Let me ask you one more, one last question, though. Um, mm-hmm. Trades. Would you? Al, oh, my, my fault. Alwyn Dwart, you said who's talking playoffs. I've seen some people say that they think we're going to make the eighth seed now. You know, because we went yeah, three or four. We won three or four. Some people think we're going to make the eighth seed now. You know what I mean? The dude I, on I, MSG said it. <laughs> <laughs> the black boy had to do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the eighth, the eighth seed, I'm not even looking at that right now. I just want to win a couple of games. But um, as far as making moves, because I, I can tell you right now, you know, one of my big questions about the Knicks is trade season, about the Knicks making any kind of moves, is whether or not James Dolan is going to allow Steve Mills and Scott Perry to make moves, right? Right. And right now, I can guarantee you Steve Mills is in his office like, see? See what I told you? I told you. I told you. I told you. <laughs> right? Do you think he's going to allow them to make moves at the trade deadline? And what moves would you make? I think um, I think he has to allow them to make moves, especially if it's um, asset attaining moves, like draft picks. And um, I don't think I don't even think there's a possible way for us to get more cap flexibility. I think we're like flexibility is out, if that's proper English. But um, like 
honestly, if we're going to bring in, like, if, if I were to be able to see into the future and see that we were going to keep Mike Miller and finish the season off strong, I want to keep Julius Randle. I'd like to see how he improves with Miller going into next year. Um, Marcus Morris, if he can get us a couple first, a couple draft picks and a first round pick and a young player that's, um, like has a lot of like controllable years left, I'd do it because I mean, how many more, I mean, how much more wins is Marcus Morris really going to get us this year? I mean, um, so if, if, if we can get something where we can get draft pick for another first round pick for this year or next year, um, I'd do it. Um, I like to move Bobby Portis. I don't think he really fits with the team. Um, I like to see maybe Kenny Wooten come up. Um, yeah, those are the. I mean, I don't. I don't think Dennis McGrew is really tradable right now. But um, I guess I'll check the market on him. But other than that, um, with all of the young guys, I, I just want to keep them. I, we need some consistency. Just some consistency. I don't want to trade none like none of the young guys yet. Um, I know I was big on you know I was giving up on Frank beginning of the year, but Frank is even showing me a lot. So I don't think there's really. I mean, you know what I would do? I would test the market on Trier. I don't know if he's, you know, fell out of favor within the organization or not. I mean, he hasn't gotten consistent minutes all year. So, yeah, if yeah, I don't know. You can get a draft pick for Trier, that may be worth it. But um, other than Marcus Morris and Bobby Portis, um, maybe we'll see how Bullock plays. You know, these next few months, see if you can get some value on him. But um, if we're not obtaining draft picks, I just say keep it how it's going. Don't trade for no big contracts or, you know, the Chris Paul thing. I was in my feelings the other night talking about the rose and stuff, but I've, um, I was, I was tripping. Um, <laughs> nah, we should just, <laughs> I was, I was so mad. We were just playing like doo-doo, but you know, we've been playing a little bit better. So, you know, I'm willing to let the young guys finish the season out, see how they play. And then if we want to make any moves for some guys that make a little more money, we could wait to the summertime when some of these stars are a little, are a little, um, not happy with where they are. Maybe Trey Young is not going to be happy in Atlanta. You know, I think we should wait for guys like that. Don't make no big moves for Chris Paul or, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't, okay. I don't like it. So All right. make some small moves, small moves. All right. And I appreciate the call, man. Really good call. Leave somebody, right. you know, yeah, talking sensible, man. Somebody talking sensible. Yeah, to I tried, man. With some perspective <laughs> or something. Appreciate you, man. Thank I you for the call. You, man. I'll be on. All right. Real quick, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a listen to uh, interim head coach Mike Miller. The, the Knicks just dominated the Hawks. Take a listen to what he had to say about the Knicks' big win versus the Atlanta Hawks. This is head coach Mike Miller. Is the thing that made you most <laughs> it's it's difficult because there are a lot of positives. I'm I'm really really happy, you know, for for our team and the way they played and the way they're coming together with each each day. It's it's uh, you know, they're doing a great job, but I think maybe one thing is there's a tendency when you get a lead sometimes you go away from what you're trying to do. And we stayed, I thought we stayed with it all the way through. So if there was one thing to look at, I would compliment our guys on not playing to, to game situations, playing the way that they needed to play and, and continue working to be a consistent team. 
Mike Mitchell Robinson with the double-double tonight. What have you seen from him over the past few games in terms of his development and particularly trying to stay out of foul trouble? Well, I think, one, that part of it has been huge. I think he's been very disciplined. I think he has really a great focus going into these games. He's playing with unbelievable energy and force. So, I mean, he's making so many plays and creating so many things out there. He doesn't get credit for all of the you know things that are not the lead assists, but without his activity – you know, a lot of these plays we wouldn't be able to make. So he's he's been very, very good. Coach, congratulations on the win. Thank you. Um, can you talk about what Peyton has given you since he's been back in the lineup, and what did you see at Dennis tonight? Well, tonight we talked a little bit before the game is, is we used all of our point guards and we talked about all of their strengths and we had a chance to see those things tonight. So, you know, I was I was very pleased with how they all played. Uh, Alfred, you know, he's he's doing a great job using the personnel, his, the discipline, again, that he showed as a lead ball handler, you know, get us in, in the right plays when we had to, whatever the stretch was, uh, continued to play and help everybody else. I think he's really helping people around him. Uh, Dennis was terrific. The speed that he came in and brought in, in the end of the first through the second and even into the third and the plays that he was able to make and the pressure he put on the defense it was a great lift for us. Coach, you talked about the team not playing to the situation. You liked what you said there. I think you called a timeout. You guys were up at 25 or something. It was a quick one. Did you see them slip a little bit playing into that situation? Is that why you called the timeout? Well, you know, you go through that, and I think you still look at runs, and you want to make sure we were off on coverages maybe, that we weren't together, and I just wanted to make sure we were connected. And then offensively, uh, you know, they really started overplaying. I think at a certain point in the third, even early fourth, they were going to try to overplay everything and felt like we needed to really be sharp and try to keep, you know, getting downhill and get behind the defense if they were going to extend it and try to do that. And uh, and we, we had some good good plays in there where, you know, RJ was really good going through there. Uh, we had Kevin had some cuts. We had, you know, we had a lot of actions that were that were good to, to try to counter the defense. You spoke the other day about Kevin's aggressiveness. I mean, what was the key to kind of getting him to play this way? And then how do you get them to do this consistently now going forward? Well, I think, you know, we still have to look at how young he is and how he's still continuing to mature physically. But, you know, I think a big sign for Kevin tonight is maybe didn't have a great first half, but showed maturity because he came back and had a great second half. So I think, you know, that's growth when you see someone being able to respond from one half to the next and come out and and play well. The Hawks have really struggled over the last month or so. Is there any feel like there's any sense of urgency when a team like that comes into MSG trying to get a win over them kind of with this brutal stretch of schedule you guys have been in? Well, honestly, I think we have to bring the urgency every night. And then when we establish this is how we play, this is our identity, you know, then we can look at other things. But I think right now we just have to bring that every night and that enthusiasm and, and the guys are having fun playing. And uh, that, that makes that makes things flow together, you know, a lot a lot easier. When you say identity, what do you want that to be? I mean, you guys scored 143 points tonight. Um, you guys have played faster and more efficient offensively. I mean, is that the identity you want? Well, we think we have guys that can that can score. So obviously, you know, we would like to play with a good pace. We would like to play with you know a, a downhill force. 
for lack of a better term, with with our drives, with our cuts, with our rolls, and all those kinds of things. And you know, when when we're shooting the ball well on the perimeter and we're playing with that kind of force, you know, we can we can put some points up. Um, you know, part of that identity, the defense has to set the table. We're not going to score, you know, 140 every night, obviously. Um, and so, I mean, a lot of things go into that, but I think we're playing to that and the things that you're seeing uh, out there that stand out, those are the things that are important. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, actually, I got a caller on the line. Caller, tell me what you, what did you hear that you liked or didn't like from Coach Mike Miller? No black is time. Shout out to the chat. What's good, sir? I'm good, um, man. I, I, I liked a lot of what he said. Um, I like him giving Dennis Smith a, a, another opportunity. I think it's only fair. I think it's smart considering we picked up his option, so we have him for another season. Um, I think it's going to be interesting how the season plays out. I, I, I'm really excited to see what happens if there's going to be a, a change in the starting lineup, change in the rotation. Um, I think the competition is going to go on pretty much all season long, so that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, um, this is a great, a great win, a great team win. This probably is the best team game I've witnessed from like any next team, honestly. Um, yeah, it has to be. I mean, um, we had thirty assists tonight. I don't know when's the last time we had thirty assists, but we had thirty assists tonight. Yeah, thirty assists. I mean, everybody played well. Like nobody played bad. Like <laughs> that—that's a rare rarity. So that's one reason why I'm not like overly excited. Because um, you know, the, you're not gonna really see that type of performance from everyone. Um, you, you know, con consistently. Um, I'm, right. I'm hoping we can get you know five guys rolling, and, and then. You know, Dennis about rotation, right? But um, yeah, this was a great, great win, man. Great win. It was. I, I'm I'm gonna watch it again tonight. <laughs> so tell me, Just what do you think uh, with with, with uh, Dennis Smith Jr.? Do you think you know he was he didn't play for a couple of games? Now he played tonight. Uh, was it a? What do I want to say? Was it a? You know, the same way that Fisdale used to do with, you know, Trier, you know, or, or Damian Dotson last season. You know, he, he, played for, he played for a game, played well, and then the next game not play at all. Uh, do you think this is going to be hopefully the beginning of a resurgence for Dennis Smith Jr.? Because it, it seems to me, I feel like. So what I get from Coach Mike Miller is he, he seems to be a tactician, right? And he's going to take what you have and help you to excel mm -hmm. in what you already do. And from what I hear him saying about Dennis Smith Jr., he wants him to play downhill. He wants the whole team, the entire team, and he just said that in the interview, the entire team to play downhill. And he's going to let Dennis Smith Jr. go ahead and play downhill. And if he starts doing things that he doesn't like, he'll take him out the game and hopefully explain to him, and it seems like he will explain to him, well, this is why I took you out the game. right? Dennis Smith Jr. tonight, while he did play, you know, he was he was getting the ball to people that was open. 
He took the shots yeah. that were available to him and got the ball to people that was open. You know, hopefully, it's, do you um, think this can be a resurgence for him? I, I think I think he he's playing the game, um, and I think I said this a couple a couple uh, games ago, or, or talking about how he should just let the game come to him. Um, same thing with like we were saying with Frank, where he has to take the open shots. It's the same thing with Dennis Smith. He's gonna have open shots because they don't respect the shot. So as long as you're confident and, and and aggressive in it, you know, not hesitating, and, and and you know, showing that confidence, I think that's all all you really ask for from him. And then also, um, and it's it's not just Mike Willard because Fizdo said it too, um, playing, letting these guys play to their strengths. So you know. And and you know we got three different point guards. I think um, Peyton is kind of like an in between between the two mm-hmm. of them. You know Frank is a uh, great defensively, not so much offensively. Um, ben Smith is more adept offensively, and um, you know Peyton is right right down the middle, has the balance. Um, you know is aggressive when he needs to be. Um, Changes pace and and et cetera. So I think you know, playing just letting these guys play to their strengths. That's what got them to the league. That's what's going to keep them in the league and then develop the other things. You know, slowly but surely. But you got to be confident and you got to be aggressive in, in doing what you got to do. Yeah, definitely. Let's let's take a minute. Let's listen to Dennis Smith Jr. Uh, it's about a minute long. His uh, post-game post-game interview. Uh, this is Dennis Smith Jr., ladies and gentlemen. As you provided an early spark for this team, I mean, this team just got off to such a solid start in their first half. And what can you put your finger on that went well and right for this team tonight? Uh, we just moving the ball, been at a high level, and the things that we talked about pre-game, we followed it. So uh, at a high level with the game plan, just. You mentioned defense, you mentioned moving the ball, but then in particular, you know, for you, how did you get things going? How did you get your teammates going tonight? Um, I'm trying to make plays. Is there a feeling in this game tonight? I mean, just watching you guys play, it seemed like you guys were just hooping out there, kind of relaxed, having fun. Was that the vibe that was happening out there tonight on the floor? A hundred percent. But uh, I want 40. It was uh like spread across. You know, everybody got touches. And, uh, everybody got shots. So we want to try to put that effort out every night. And, you know, that's the thing right there, ladies and gentlemen. We've got to really get, we need everybody getting, everybody getting their shots. Uh, the ball spread out. And look, tonight we had, when you look at the, the guys who took shots and the number of shots that people took, Julius Randle, he took the most shots. He took 15 shots tonight. Uh, the next closest person was maybe 14 or 13, which is really good. But there were several people who took 13 shots, 14 shots. Um, and, you know, that's what we've got to have. That's how this team can have success. That's something that Guillermo's been saying for a while. Not just Guillermo, but a lot of people have been saying it for a while. But Guillermo's talked about it a lot, you know, that if we continue to have guys, you know, uh, multiple guys getting shot selections, not just one guy getting 25 shots and everybody else, you know, struggling to find their shots, but multiple guys, the ball moving and multiple guys getting good shots. You know, we can have a, a more potent offense. You know, you know, it was one thing from the beginning of the season that the Knicks continue to talk about 
was that there's, you know, they said they got to focus on the defensive end because they knew they were going to be able to score the ball. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, but then it came out and they got the worst, they got the worst offense in the league. A lot of it was because what I felt like Fisdale was trying to force, you know, force some guys to do some things that maybe they just weren't ready to do. You know, and I feel like Mike Miller's making the game a little bit more simple for those guys. You know, um, go ahead, uh, go ahead, Tony. I'm a I'm a big supporter of Fisdale. Um, but one thing that I absolutely love is is no more side to side motion. Like that downhill every play. That's what he wants, and that's what we got to do. Because I'm so happy we are not going side to side, side to side, side to side, and passing the ball as soon as we get past the half court line. It's right. really advance, advance, push, 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 and I love that. Nah, definitely, definitely. Hey, Tony, I appreciate you, man. Um, no doubt. You know, I I know you gotta get up early in the morning, so I'm gonna let you, I'm gonna let you go and get some other calls in here before I get back to the video chat. No doubt, son. Shout out to the chat. Your black is time. Keep doing your thing, son. Appreciate you, bro. Peace. And uh, I want to give a big shout out to City for Real. Thank you for the super chat. You said, Sim, General Mills got to go, but at the end of the day, the guys on the floor make or break the decisions. If we win, everybody's job is okay. Uh, good win tonight. So let's go. No doubt. I agree with you right there. The guys on the floor always got to get it done. Then Greenhouse, thank you for the super chat. He says, Sim, Allen Houston hired Miller. True. Very true. He hired Miller uh, for the Westchester Knicks. Uh, I believe somebody, I forgot who it was, gave the referral to Phil Jackson. Phil Jackson passed it along to Allen Houston. Dotson, Cornette, and soon Iggy are built from there. Westchester is competitive. He is an assistant. He is the assistant GM to the Knicks. A reliable contribution to the garden come from Houston's management. So, Greenhouse, are you are you advocating for Allen Houston to step up into one of those management positions? I know he was supposedly had supposedly been being groomed for that job for a while. You know what I'm saying? Um he's he hasn't gotten it. You know, he's done a good job with the Westchester Knicks. I don't know. I don't know. And if that does happen, though, does it continue the, what I want to say? If that happens, right, um, does it continue the, 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 the same trend? You know what I mean? The same, the same trend that's been going on with James Dolan. If he just promotes Allen Houston, does it continue that same trend? You know, does it actually bring in fresh eyes? You know, to look at the team, because sometimes if, if you've been going on one way for 20 years, you might need some fresh eyes and ears to look and say, we got to do something different. You know. Ladies and gentlemen, man, if you're new to the channel, thank you for being here. Subscribe to the channel. Please hit that subscribe button. Ring that notification bell. You'll be notified whenever I go live, drop a video or post to my community section. Um, also. Follow me on Sportscaster, ladies and gentlemen. All right? If you're unfamiliar with Sportscaster, I'm going to put a link in the YouTube chat where you can follow me on Sportscaster. 
right? Sportscaster is a site where I am doing an exclusive show beginning January the 6th. All right, it's going to be called Knicks Weekly. Once a week, every Monday, I'll be on and we'll talk about everything that happened during the week. It's called Knicks Weekly. It'll be exclusive to Sportscaster. So I'm putting a link in the YouTube chat. You can follow me on Sportscaster. All right, so make sure you get over there. Just click on that link. Follow me on Sportscaster so you can be notified whenever. I'm on Sportscaster. There'll be a couple of shows on Sportscaster, as a matter of fact. All right, so uh, make sure that you make sure you get to it now. And you know, big shout out to J.C. Baker for becoming a '90s Knicks member. Also, a big shout out to King Ant G for be becoming for becoming a '2000s Knicks member. I appreciate you guys for being a member. And it's going to be well worth it, ladies and gentlemen. So thank you. I appreciate you. If you want to become a member, all you got to do is hit that join button at the bottom of your screen. Check out. You can check it out right now and see what the perks are. Become a member. You can't hit the join button. I'm going to put the link right here in the chat. Let me get to another phone call. Caller, you're on live with nothing but Nick's. What's popping? Hey, what's up, Tim? What's going on with you, brother? So, what you thinking, man? Talk to me about it. No, I'm thinking we're, I think Mike Miller is 500 in his first six games as a coach. That's the best coach we've had since Mike Woodson. I mean, honestly. I I, I just don't, I, I think we're being a lot I think we're we're jumping the gun too much. I mean, we're trying to fire everybody and restart everything. Unless you're getting side, um, side I mean, say that again. Speak up a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Unless you're getting Masai Ujiri, if you no, know, we haven't given Scott Perry and uh, what's and uh, and uh, I can't remember his name, but uh. Steve Mills. We haven't given them enough chance. They've only had the job for a year and a half. Well, Steve Mills been here for decades. <laughs> I get it, but Scott Perry has it, and he was the guy who we were talking about bringing in, um, you know, big name talent. Never Steve Mills, it was Scott Perry, and Fizdale supposedly. And I mean, can we honestly say Fizdale might not have been the best coach? Like, he, he might not have been. He, he doesn't see – I mean, Mike Miller is getting the, – the Knicks scored the most points we've ever scored since I've been alive. And then we scored the most points for three quarters than we ever did in 21 years. This guy's wow. getting the potential out of this team. I mean – I mean, I mean, he, he, he is – 27 uh, games. I don't have no, anything against Mike Miller. I don't have anything against Mike Miller. You know what I'm saying? I don't have anything against him at all. Anything against Mike Miller. But the fact is, if if some if someone new comes in, you know, they may they may look to bring in their own coach. That happens all the time. No, no, no. That's understandable. We all, you know, we all know that. But the, the NBA is wild, and the way money goes. 
if we add a couple, you know, the Knicks are a perfect team to add, you know, expiring contracts and to take on money for the end of the season. We have the team built for it. We're built to take on money and acquire talent or assets. If, if at the end of the season, if at the end of the season, Mike Miller wins 27 games, but we have our draft pick, our first round, let's say we do the Clippers deal. We have another first round. We have our second round, and we have Charlotte's second round. Charlotte's not that good of a team. I mean, we could have four draft picks in this in this draft. Trade Marcus Morris, get another, you know, get that that fourth. I mean, okay. even if nah, we I pick up, you. we I might pick you. up a decent player in a three-team trade or something, just because we can take on that excess cap, right. you know, on an expiring contract. I mean, we've got so much potential. I I, I would hate to just think we're just going to throw away my, uh, you know. Perry, unless we're getting Messiah's year. You know, it's like, I don't want to hear about anybody else but him. Okay. I think we go, to, right. I think we let ESPN get too crazy on us and like get our, get ourselves in a frenzy because it's like, we're in a good place. Like, this deal wasn't that good of a coach. That's it. Well, I, I, I do agree with you there. It's a lot of the, we, we let the media, get us in a frenzy sometimes and, and instead of you know really taking the time to look at the full picture uh i'm gonna say this though with steve mills at least steve mills probably needs to move on you know yeah. he, he at, at the very least you know what i'm saying he's been presiding over the knicks bad season bad season after bad season after bad season he's the one constant at the very least, he needs to be up out of there. No, absolutely. And and, yeah. and and the thing about that is, unless you're getting Masai Ujiri, bring up Allen Houston. If Scott Perry okay. keeps us cap flexible, we win five or ten more games than we won last year, and we add... You know, who knows? We could have DeMar DeRozan and Nerlens Noel on the team in, in two months. I mean, we could have a team that is, you know, is a little bit more competitive with a little bit of salary. And unless you get Masai Jiri, why not bring up Allen Houston? Did all this work. He's the guy in the – he hired Mike Miller, did all that stuff. Let's not just go out and get some name brand guy and then he comes in, changes the whole team around, then it's – 2024 and we're sitting here going oh the Knicks might be something you know we just tore the team down for the 15th time in 20 years okay you know I just want to like let's ride this out unless you get the okay. top guy in the game yeah. you know I, right. I just don't want to hear any of this I like everybody's saying oh we should get Mark Jackson no Mike Miller's doing a good job like unless okay. he starts sucking I, I mean, I, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. It cost us $2 million. We're paying, we're still paying Phil Jackson. We're yeah. still paying Jeff Hornacek. We're still paying, you know, like we get Mike Miller in there. He's not going to, you can pay him $2 million a year for three or four years. Yeah. And that's, I hear you. Like that's, that's Fizdale's one year. We're going to pay him next year. Ridiculous. 
But uh, no, I, I want to let go. I want to hear everybody else's opinion. So, all you right, guys man. Have a good night. I appreciate Thank the call, much, bro. The no doubt. On, appreciate the call. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, my question though about Allen Houston is, are you repeating the same, the same thing, right? Are you repeating the same thing? Um, and Bombo, uh, I do want to say, um, I don't have it connected right now to be able to do the dual stream. Uh, maybe I'll be able to do it Friday night, uh, where we can do a dual stream. You know, obviously it's not always, you know, you don't always get the same conversations, but I can open it up so we can listen in and see what these guys are talking about. All right. And, and, and so, so we can hear, you know, what they're talking about since they're having a good conversation. So let's listen in and hear what they're talking about in the stream. Guys, make sure you, you're clean and you're and not cursing. Done. Just like him as a person. <gasps> yeah, but he's gone. He, he's That's gone. Sir. For certain people, man, if you don't, if you, if you don't have the fire in you, man, like I, yeah, if you don't have the fire, you're not gonna, yeah, you're not gonna, you're not gonna pan out to be the player that people think you are. People told me, if you're on a three on two fast break and you lose the ball because the ball's behind you, it's like, what are you thinking about? Like, I look if DSJ, I don't know, bro. Think of Fortnite. Something. If you're playing through that pain, obviously you shouldn't be playing. That's yeah. one thing, right? Like you, you have things in your mind, but Knox to me, bro, is like, like you said, man, you should never question somebody's motor and. Like, I look at the I'm not exactly sure where they are, what they were talking about, or what they're talking about in the chat. Sounds like they're talking about guys and their motor and, and, and pushing forward and, and those type of things. Um, unfortunately, I'm not able to uh, do a dual stream, but Bombo, if you want to get into the chat, you can go to whereby.com. Uh, I'm sorry, whereby dot com slash nbk and you can get into the chat and you can join them all right listen there's room for one there's room for about eight more people in the chat in the in the video chat so if you want to know what they're talking about and what's going on in the video chat go to whereby.com slash nbk and you can listen in as to what they're saying as a matter of fact i'm going to take and i'm going to put this link in here and you guys can listen in, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, you can just join it. You don't even have to listen in. You can just join it. Whereby.com slash NBK. Click on that link. If you have an Android phone, it's going to take you right to it. If you have an iPhone, it may ask you to, um, you know, you know, it, 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 may, it may ask you to download another, another app. You know what I'm saying? Let me get to another phone call. Um, I'm not exactly sure. So, you know, it sounds like to me like they were talking about, you know, guys not playing with effort uh, or guys that have to improve and play with a little bit more effort. You know what I'm saying? Let me get to another phone call. Caller, you're on live with nothing but Knicks. What's popping? How you doing? This is William. What's going on, William? How you feeling? Good, good. Um, you know, I was uh, just watching the, the show and some of the comments that uh, you and some of the guys were saying, you know, and, um, you know, I see the, you know, I'm glad to see the Knicks winning some games now. And, um, uh, I don't know what you think, but I, I mean, I, uh, I definitely agree with uh, a lot of folks, uh, Mills. I think it's time for him to move on for him to be out. Um, I think you have to be realistic and, and, uh, develop the young guys and, and stick with that. Um, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, I think we definitely have to 
uh, continue to develop the young guys. You know what I mean? Um, sticking with Mills? You said stick with Mills? No, no, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, 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 okay. All yeah, right. Yeah, because yeah, no. yeah, I, yeah. I just think, um, you know, there's over a lapse of time, you have to see if something's going to or, or if someone's going to work or not, their mentality, you know, what, um, what influence they have throughout the organization, because I know there's a lot of moving parts that go with it. But um, but really, I think it's um, you know, just a lot of moves that trying to make quick fixes or or going by sometimes by what what the media is kind of like talking about the Knicks. You know, I go back to um, the Mello trade. I you know I I'm glad for Mello now. You know, um, but I never liked the move. You know, er everything the Knicks gave up. You know, I think it was absolutely way too much. It just uh, trickled down, downhill from there. Um, and uh, just of, you know, hiring all these different coaches, different mentalities, different strategies, and and trying to please, you know, I think like a, uh, like a quick fix or what the media is, uh, says a lot, you know, because they're impatient uh, because it's New York and all that. But at the same time, we have to be realistic, I think, and develop the – the young talent, you know, uh, because obviously there, there, there is talent there. And if you develop that, that could always, you know, get you a better player if, if that comes in the future, but you just can't make moves just to please everyone. No, I, I, I agree with you. You can't make moves to, to appease everyone. And that's why when you're a president, you know, you got to be able to be strong and stand, stand on your laurels. You know what I mean? Uh, we'll see what they're going to do with these guys in the future, but hopefully they do get somebody that's going to be able to, really focus and, and, and help build the youth while also, but, you know, helping to develop and build the youth, sometimes it does take, you know, having some guys in there that can help teach them how to win, you know? Um, see what happens, man. Yeah, hey, I appreciate... Oh, go yeah, ahead, go ahead. No, um, um, I think, you know, when you, whenever, like, sports or whenever you have someone that that um, could mentor the, these guys because you're, you're talking about young guys and they're young men, you know, but uh, mentorship is really, really, you want people that are, um, you know, pretty stable and firm and, and they have a, um, a healthy mentality. You know, um, obviously it's New York, so there's going to be a lot of distractions. I mean, I'm pretty sure in other cities as well, but, you know, New York, there's, there's a lot of other things that go with that package. But, um, but I think if you if you get, you know, guys that could mentor these uh, these young men, and just to stick to the, uh, you know, to build them up, you know, to get their confidence going, uh, see what their strong points are, what their weak points are, and and just um, kind of like pick them apart, but at the same time, you know, um, you know, analyzing their their game, their specific game, you know, as a player, and then just uh, being straight up with them. This is what we have to work on. These are your strong points. And, and uh, just uh, have, uh, having them build, uh, have that confidence, you know, in them because it's really, if they don't believe in themselves, it's going to be very, very tough for them to, you know, be under that pressure and game time and, and all that for them to be able to stick or, or be firm in, in, in a game. Nah, I agree with you 100%, man. I agree with you. Uh, I thank you for the call. Yeah, I Thank know I got a, a for, few people calling me. in. <laughs> for me. All right, man. Appreciate it. Uh, question that I have for you guys, though, and I'm going to ask this next person that's calling in. If the Knicks go ahead, let, let's say that they do decide to uh, 
promote Allen Houston? Is it is it gonna is it is it the same? Are you are are you keeping the same philosophy instead of bringing in new eyes? Are you keeping the same philosophy? And are you scared about that? Uh, I want to give a big shout out to a couple of guys before I get on to this phone call, though. Uh, big shout out to Marty Nix. Thank you for the super chat, Mike. Uh, Milk Apples. I thought I said Mike Apples. Milk Apples. Big shout out to you. Thank you for the super chat, brother. Um, John Coleman says, Sim, please stop harping on teaching how to win. None of these vets have won a championship. Uh, bring in the champs. Coaches' jobs is to teach and develop. Eh, I disagree with you, John, because uh, I mean, are you going to tell me that Vince Carter hasn't helped any of these young guys learn how to be professionals, learn how to win basketball games? He hasn't won a championship. He's been on good teams. You know what I'm saying? It t- you got to have some vets around. You know what I'm saying? Vets help you learn. And it's, uh, and it's not just about how to win, but you got to have some vets around to help me- mentor the young guys. Teach them how to be professionals in the business. Coaches can't always... T- Every coach hasn't played NBA basketball, right? Every coach hasn't played professional basketball. So sometimes you need some people around to help teach you the business of basketball and how to be a young man growing up in the business of basketball. You know what I'm saying? That's what those vets are for. And young men learning how to operate in the business of basketball leads to or helps guys to win or helps teams to win how many times do you see guys players young players who do not understand how to operate in playing professional basketball and you know just just to be a professional and it hurts the teams because of things that they do or things that happen it's important to have vets around. I'm saying it's important to have mentors. That's just in life in general. In life in general, it's important to have mentors. You know, in whatever field that you're in, maybe it's just a life mentor or whatever field that you're in, it's important to have a mentor out there that can help you get through some tough times if you need to or just help you navigate something that is new. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about just winning, but having some vets to help you navigate. I mean, I mean, you think of Marcus Morris. I, I get it what you're saying with Julius Randle, right? Julius Randle hasn't been on a winning team, I don't think. I don't know if he's ever been on a winning team, but Marcus Morris has. He's been on some good winning teams, at least with the Celtics. You know what I'm saying? And... and, and you know, some of that, what, what he learned from the Celtics, hopefully he's able to impart on some of the younger players. The one thing I say about Julius Randle, um, whether or not, you know, you like his play style or something like that, he seems to be a young man that has his head on right. As far as making life decisions, he's still a young man. So when you talk about him, he's not, I mean, he, he's a vet per se, but He's still a young man. It's like just turned 25 years old. So he's still a young man that's learning. But he has his head on straight life-wise. It seems, at least. But still, that's my question about Allen Houston, though. You know, my, you know is, is it more the same if you hire Allen Houston? If you promote Allen Houston, is it more the same? 
Caller, you on live with nothing but Nicks. What's popping? Hey, what's up, Sam? How you doing, brother? I'm I'm good, brother. How you doing? Great. Thanks for taking in, man. Shout out to all the nothing but Knicks fans and everybody. I appreciate you, my man. Yeah, Thank you. This, yeah, this is John Coleman. <laughs> oh, what's up, John? What's going on? <laughs> appreciate nothing. you. No, I, I have a spot. You, you're right. I'm bringing vets. I think we got too many vets that hasn't won nothing. Okay. See, these young players, they respect stars. So Vince Carter is a good example. He was a superstar. So they'll follow him. But when you're talking about really um, Bobby Porter, uh, you're not going to really follow. Yeah, they need to teach him how to exercise, how to get your rest, how to eat, those parts. But they none of them have that superstar, you know what I'm saying, talent or record with a young players be willing to really follow. That's what I said when they say there ain't no champs. Bring in the champs. When they brought in, they had Mark Jackson, they brought in Steve Kerr. He had that championship background. It's a difference. When you can say, I played with Mike, I hit a shot, I mm -hmm. did this, opposed mm -hmm. to you ain't did nothing. These kids are paying attention. They want LeBron. You know what I'm saying? So, so but, but if you can't get one of those guys, then what do you do? Because, because like I said, Julius Randle's not – he's a vet because he's been in the league for a while, but he's still only 25 right. years old. Bobby Portis, too, I think he's still only 25 years old. These guys are young. I mean, our oldest vet – who's our oldest player on the team? Marcus Morris? No. Wayne Ellington? Um, I mean, I get what you're saying, though, right? I, I understand what you're saying about those guys, you know, you know, having those guys like that, I would tend to say Marcus Morris is maybe he hasn't been to the chip, he hasn't won a championship, but he's been on some good teams, and he's got the. He's not a he's not a superstar, but he's got the. He's gonna get respect to those young guys. They're gonna respect. They're gonna respect them. Now he was a good signing because he brings that courage, like you said, that winning tradition with Boston, and he stand up. He teach him that part. But the other players, like you just named, we need them. And as far as firing Perry, I don't think so. His 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 drafting impeccable. Nobody can say anything about the draft picks. You know what I'm saying no. the one problem they messed up with, they got too many guards, which stunted Kevin Knox growth. So get them vets out of there. Kevin, R.J., Mitch. Look at Trier. He's gone now. Look where he at. We don't see him no more. Stick with the young nucleus. Be patient. Develop. You're a coach. You know you got to develop them. You take their talents that they bring to the league, and you help develop them. You teach them. Like right now, they should be focused on free throw shoot. Everybody. Sorry, Fizz, you had to go because you didn't get the job done. You really can't blame Nick Mansfield because he had enough time. He started out the gate wrong. Well, I mean, I don't disagree with you on, on, on Coach Fisdale. Um, you know, but I think part of developing – because, look, I coach a, a girls' team, high school team, and we have some young players on the team that are going to be our future, right? But right now, you know, they, 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 they got to learn. They got a lot to learn about the game. But we have some older True. players that keep us competitive, and we can get those young right. players and, and fit them in where they get in. And, and then they learn, you know, they learn certain parts of the game. Now we have one young player, she's a freshman, and she's really, she's right. really good. She's one of our top three players. 
You know what I'm saying? Okay. Uh, so obviously yeah. she plays, you know, our, our games are 32 minutes long. She plays just about the entire game along with a couple okay. other players played about the entire game. You know what I'm saying? But there's some other players that they got to learn the game. Uh, yeah, we got to develop them, but we do a lot of development in practice and practice and practice. Right. And the game is kind of, they're going to play, but they kind of, you know, some of them, they get in where they fit in. Um, you know, if they're having a really good game, they stay. If not, they don't. But they're developing and they're learning and, and, and they're learning about the game. And we see them grow that way. But 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 yeah, our no, older players are helping us to make sure that we stay competitive. You know what I'm saying? Right. Obviously with the Knicks. Thing. Can I say? I want to say this real quick. This, uh-huh. with, the, with any player, like they always teach, there's no iron team. I disagree. I fully believe that the iron team is I must develop myself on my own to the best of my ability. So when I do join the team, I enhance what they are. You know what I'm saying? And okay. nothing. Please stop making these Nick players, these crazy Nick praise. I know we got to do it for talk. Please, no, don't give up. Don't get nothing. We got too many guards now. So if they're going to talk about trade for anything, please trade for defense and height. Please. That's all I ask. <laughs> Thank you, son. <laughs> all right. Appreciate you, John. Have a good one, man. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. I still haven't heard anybody, you know, kind of answer me. Maybe I've seen a few things in the chat. Uh, about Allen Houston and whether or not he would just kind of be an extension of what we've already been doing. Um, oh, yeah, and Todd Gibson, yeah, he is our oldest player. And Todd Gibson is an excellent mentor because he's been there. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he's been there. He's been to the Eastern Conference Finals a few times. You know, but anyway, ladies and gentlemen, the Knicks, they beat the Atlanta Hawks tonight. I know we've been talking about a lot of things besides the game, but, you know, it was a great win. Uh, for the Knicks, uh, glad that you know we could get this kind of a win. We needed it. We needed this kind of a win uh, for the psyche, for the soul. You know they got it. Hopefully we can take this confidence into the next game, which is Miami. Playing the Miami Heat's going to be different, ladies and gentlemen. Right, the Miami Heat is a good basketball team. They're a very good basketball team right now. If you look at the standings. Uh, the Miami Heat, they're 19 and 8. All right. They're 19 and 8. I think they are fourth in the Eastern Conference right now. Yep, they're fourth in the Eastern Conference behind uh, the Boston Celtics. Let's take a look at the Eastern Conference right now and see what we're looking at. Now, let's not get too excited and get crazy out the way, ladies and gentlemen, and start talking about playoffs and all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? But let's take a look at the standings, the NBA standings. So the Eastern Conference right now, you see Milwaukee is number one in the Eastern Conference. They're 24-4. Philadelphia is 20-8. The Boston Celtics, they're 17-7. The Miami Heat is 19-8. The Raptors, they're 18-8. The Indiana Pacers are 19-9. And the Brooklyn Nets finally are starting to put some things together. They're 15 and 12. The Orlando Magic, are, they're 12 and 15. That's the top eight teams in the Eastern Conference. You got the Charlotte Hornets, ladies and gentlemen. They're 13 and 17. You see the rest of it. And the Knicks are right here, 13th in the Eastern Conference. They're 7 and 21. And if you're talking about that eighth seed, ladies and gentlemen, the Knicks are five and a half games out of the eighth seed. Is it impossible for them to make a run? No, but it's not something that I'm really looking at right now. Okay, right now I'm just kind of 
want to see the Knicks play and get better and win games. That's all I want to focus on. In the Western Conference, the Los Angeles Lakers, man, the Lakers are really, really good. I didn't expect them to be this good. I ain't going to lie to you. I didn't expect them to be as good as they are. They still got the entire season to go through, but I did not expect them to be this good, and they're good. They're 24-4. All right, the Los Angeles Clippers, they're 20 and 8. That's the team who I had coming out of the West. We'll see. We'll see. Dallas Mavericks, they're 18 and 8. I didn't expect them to be this good, but they're good. Denver Nuggets, 17 and 8. Houston Rockets, they're 18 and 9. The Utah Jazz is 16 and 11. Uh, the seventh seed, Oklahoma City Thunder, they're 12 and 14. And the Kings are 12 and 15. And listen, everyone talking about Chris Paul being traded. Oklahoma City, they may not, right now, they're in the playoff mix. They may not even be thinking about wanting to trade Chris Paul right now. Because guess what? They probably have the same idea. Let's stay competitive. Let's be competitive and then see if we can find a way to bring in a free agent. Chris Small, who knows? But right now, they're seventh in the West. Will it stay that way? We'll see. They're six and four in their last ten games. The Sacramento Kings, they're in the playoffs right now in the Western Conference. They're twelve and fifteen. Phoenix Suns are eleven and fifteen. Portland Trailblazers, they're eleven and sixteen. We'll see if they make you know, everyone expected the Trailblazers to be in the playoffs out west. We'll see if they find a way to make some kind of a run. But anyway, you know, you guys see the rest of the standings. You see the rest of the standings and what it looks like. You know, everyone always talks about the Western Conference, the Eastern Conference. You know, if you look at the Eastern Conference, man, uh, the Orlando Magic are 12 and 15. They're in the eighth seed. You look at the Western Conference, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder, they're 12 and 14. They're in the seventh seed. So you got two teams below 500 who are in the playoffs in the Western Conference. So all this talk about the West and the East you know, the, the East not being as good. Eh, let me tell you, I'll say this. The top four of the Western Conference are probably way better than, you know, the Eastern Conference. You know, but hey, the Milwaukee Bucks, they just got finished winning 18 in a row. So, but anyway, that's where it is. And the Miami Heat, ladies and gentlemen, uh, they're seven and three in their last 10 games. Right? They just lost. A game, so they're on a one-game losing streak. They lost to the Memphis Grizzlies, one eighteen to one eleven. Uh, the Miami Heat they average one hundred and twelve point uh, two points per game. All right, they give up one hundred and seven point three points per game. All right, they're a good basketball team, folks. You know, and it's not going to be you know this this is going to be a tough game. Going to be a tough game. The thirteen and two in the Eastern Conference, nineteen and eight overall. So we'll see if the Knicks are going to be able to deal with the Miami Heat. They're going to have some time to rest. Uh, you know, they don't, they don't play again until Friday. The Knicks don't, so they have a little bit of a break. Miami, they play Wednesday night versus the 76ers. Uh, so let's hope that the Knicks don't come in and have rust and got to knock some rust off. At least that's my hope, that they don't have to come in and knock any kind of rust off. You know? Uh, so we'll see if the Knicks you know, can, can, can compete and can, uh, that'd be a really good win if they can pull off a win against the Miami Heat. 
You know, and if they can pull off the win, uh, I'm going to tell you what, the Knicks can pull off a win against the Miami Heat. Knicks fans are going to go crazy. You already know. You already know. You don't even have to ask the question. You already know. If they can pull off a win versus the Miami Heat, Knicks fans are going to lose. They're going to lose their mind. And, and, and we already got some people talking about playoffs right now. Going to be more people talking about playoffs. You know, trying trying to push the Knicks into that playoff stuff right now. But, you know, like I said, I'm taking it a game at a time, ladies and gentlemen. Taking it a game at a time. I want to know what you think, man. Do you think we can beat the Miami Heat? Can we pull off a, a, a nice win? Frank White says the Knicks have a chance against the Heat. Uh, we'll see. Can the Knicks pull off a nice win against the Miami Heat? That would be a really, really good win if we can do that. You know, get us a win against a, a, a winning team, a top four team in the, in the Eastern Conference, and then take it from there. And then take it from there. I want to get to the guys in the video chat, man. I know you guys are here. You guys have been having the conversations and, and everything. I'm going to get back to you guys right now. You know, but obviously there was a lot of people wanting to get some phone calls in, so I had to make sure I got to phone calls and whatnot. All right. Uh, Grandma, I'm going to come to you first. All right, I want to talk to you about the Miami Heat. A couple of questions I want to ask you about uh, before we talk about the Miami Heat, but want to get to the Miami Heat. All right, Gamble, what's yep. going on, man? What's up, man? All right, let me ask you this uh, quickly. Yes, sir. If the Knicks promote Allen Houston, because there's some people in the YouTube chat talking about Allen Houston, is it, is it going to be a lot of the same? We're yes. doing the same thing? Yes. That's how I the, feel. I think it's the same the, thing. The, the, the Knicks, this is what Dolan needs to do because he got embarrassed by that article by Ramona Shelburne. He got embarrassed by the fact that there was more to the Hill KP thing than he was led on to believe from Mills or whatnot. Um, right now, again, like I said, he has to build credibility. 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 Can't talk. And the whole Steve Mill things represented, you know, even though I think Allen Houston has, is more level-headed and more, you know, Sane in the head than than Mills, um, him hiring a, a guy that really doesn't have experience and is just kind of like the inside guy because he's been with the organization represents more of the same man. Um, yeah. And at this point, we need, like you said, we had got we we could have gone after you know we could have had Dave Griffin in here, you know, and things like that. When you need to bring in basketball guys who can then bring in basketball people, the right coaches. There, there's, a, there's a system, there's a culture that they, they, they know. There's a playbook that they've gone by, that they've had before. That's what Dolan needs to bring in. No more the Allen Houston, no more the Steve Mills, no more assistant to the assistant of the assistant to the GM. None of that stuff, man. I know, I know you, Masai Ujiri might be, that's a, you know, it might be a far-fetched idea. If you could get it, that's great. That's perfect. You know, if, if not, get proper basketball people in here. Let them come in with the proper system, the proper culture, whatever. Let them come and assess this team. Let them build and rebuild this team as they want. But to bring in an Allen Houston guy, I, I, we don't need that because, again, you're, you're hiring a guy who doesn't really have experience like that. So what is he going to be leaning on? And Dolan, if you, don't, if you want to be hands-on, you know, you, then you can't leave the guy in the dust. So just don't bring in a – no, Allen Houston, no. He's just going to represent – he's not Mills because Mills is stupid, but, you know, don't, don't – don't don't right, but 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 it represents more of the same stuff. Like, okay, I right. got somebody that you know was going to be there. Yeah, it, it represents more of the same stuff to me. Not that Allen Houston's done anything wrong. 
nah, but what has he done that was so points. monumental? Like, is he, you know, if, does he, what's his, dra- you know, has he, he hasn't drafted anybody. And I, I understand, obviously he doesn't, he hasn't been in that position, but again, he's only with this position with the Knicks because let's be honest, because of his name, you know, I don't remember Allen Houston with like the Denver Nuggets or the Toronto Raptors. I don't remember in college doing, you know, structural things with teams where it's like, oh, I saw him build something. I saw him draft well. I saw him put this exec, this scouting department and this analytics department together. And this team went from, you know, f- uh, however, five, 30 games below 500 to 10 games above 500 next, you know, and see, you see a, a, a progress. So, no, the only reason why Allen Houston has his title now is because, again, where he's at. So, nah, it's it's an inflated status right now for Allen Houston. And, and, and no offense, Allen Houston is one of my favorite players growing up, but again, one of my favorite plays doesn't mean he's going to be a great GM or a good exec. So yeah, I mean, I'm cool and, and look, he's you know he's working, he's trying to work his way up to become that, to become that. You know, he's he's had a you know he's worked, he's been the GM for the for uh for the Westchester Knicks. I think the he's next nothing. step would be, you know, I would actually ne- tell him to go to college. Sim, I, I sorry to cut you off. I would if I was fizz, uh, if I was um Dolan, right? I would actually say if you you know I like you as a person, blah blah. But I want you to get that because if I give you this GM job, because look what happened with Trajan, Tra, uh, Trajan Langdon, the kid from Duke. That uh-huh. guy has, I mean, I wouldn't say he's ready yet, but he's been with, I don't know, how many teams? So he's, he's building experience. So I, I would say with a guy like Alan Houston, I would say, hey, go to college or go to another team and work your way up. Work your way up with a scouting, work your way up slowly. So for one, when you come back in, there's credibility to your name. I know I see a path with you. Uh, you have some, you know, there, there's something that I say, all right, I know that Alan Houston likes this and that. We could work with this. And then you could bring your own department. And you also bring in other NBA people because the Knicks need to get out of this idea of just staying within the Knicks. Like yeah, Alan yeah, Houston, exactly. right. You got to bring guy. He could probably go out and branch out and bring in other talent, executive talent from other places that young guys are yearning to be a part of, hey, we the analytics guy. Hey, we the, the scouting guy. We the, you know, whatever, the player personnel type of people. Build that those relationships, go out, branch out, and then come back to the Knicks. Like yeah, I don't know he, why, you know. That's yeah, how you got, you got, you, yeah, you got to have, you know. I mean, I don't like if you had if the Knicks were a really good organization, right? And Allen Houston was doing the same thing that he did. They were a really good organization. Then I could say, okay, I understand why you promote him because he's coming up in a good organization with a good culture and that kind of stuff. But when you're not in a good organization, where is he learning the skills to do the job well when you're not in a good organization? You know, if the Knicks were like the Spurs, if the Knicks were the Spurs and Allen Houston did the same exact thing he's doing now, I would get it because then you could look and say, you know what, maybe he's been in meetings, you know, maybe he's been part of this, part of that, part of that, you know, and and people recognize, you know, certain things that he could do. They gave him duties. You know, and say, here, you manage this part, you manage that part, or whatever it is. But the Knicks aren't that kind of an organization. So to say that you're building your own, it's not good when you're doing it within the Knicks organization because you haven't developed that kind of a culture where you have a good front office. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, you need, you got to have outside, when you're in an organization like the Knicks, you need outside guys who haven't been tainted by whatever anything that's going on inside the organization inside the front office to come in and use their outside experience and try to bring it to the Knicks you know that's what I think and it's nothing against Allen Houston I just you know think that's where the that's where they've got to go if they're gonna if they're gonna make those changes you know and unfortunately I think I 
it's possible that Mike Miller, if a change does come, could be a casualty of it. You know, because someone comes in, they're gonna naturally they're gonna want their own coaches. But all right, so let's talk about the Heat. <laughs> the Heat. Listen, a lot of people, man, before the season started, every time I would talk about who's going to be in the playoffs in the East, I would mention the Miami Heat. And a lot of people kept asking me, why do you keep saying the Miami Heat? Right? They kept asking me, why do you keep saying the Heat? Why do you think the Heat's going to be so good? Well, guess what? The Heat are really, really good right now. You know, will it last the entire season? I don't know. But the Heat, at the moment, are 19-8 and eight in their fourth in the Eastern Conference. They're a good team. What do you think? Ah, I mean, when, <laughs> you know, when you when, the things that we've talked about, culture, coaching. Um, when your front office is straight from head to toe, man. Um, and you could just bring in, you bring in one superstar, whatever you want to call it, Jimmy Butler. Um, you look at their team, Sim. Like, do do you would you look at this team if I said take out Jimmy Butler? Right, you would never say that guys like Kendrick Nunn, you know, Bam Adebayo, Talia Hero, that, and those are solid players. I'm not taking anything away from any of their players, but you would never look at that team and say, "Yeah, that team could challenge for the like they could probably challenge somewhere in the East in terms of like being top four, maybe possibly on the East right now." I'm, I'm not saying that they're they're first in the Southeast Division, 19 and eight. Um, I don't think they're gonna get into, you know, I mean, but they have so many young players. And they're developing. Like, Jimmy Butler went to the right team. He went to a team full of snowflakes on the Timberwolves, a bunch of young snowflakes, to a bunch of young, hungry kids. And maybe, you know, he learned some from Timberwolves. But, you know, Jimmy Butler, and I, enjoy, I know people are going to kill me for this. Actually, I don't really, I really don't give a damn. Um, Jimmy Butler, his attitude is what I wish Randall had in terms of I'm coming in as a veteran guy, the so-called high-priced guy. But I'm here to try to help make you guys better as well and lead. Like, it's not about me just getting stats and putting up numbers. I could do that in my sleep. And even though, you know, Jimmy Butler's not the greatest scorer, but he's, he's a consummate scorer. But he has those guys. It's not just him. It's Riley. It's a coaching, perfect, you know, good system. Condition is tip-top. Defense. So he said. But Jimmy Butler came in, and he's a plus modifier for those guys, man. Like, I just – damn. Like, you see the highlights. You see who they're beating, and you're just like – you wish the Knicks were at that level. A bunch of young kids that you, you just write off. Kendrick Nung, I think, was undrafted. Tyler Hero, people could sit back here with, you know, freaking uh, 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 um, 2020 vision. Oh, yeah, I thought Tyler Hero was going to be. Stop it. No one thought Tyler Hero was going to be this good. But, yeah, at least him. They are, they are humming right now, man. Like Jimmy Butler, 21 points, 24 PER. You know, freaking Bam Adebayo, 20 PER, 15.2 points a game. I mean, like. Ah, oh, that that team, man. Even Myers Leonard, the guy I wanted, he's not even doing. He's only averaging like five point seven points. Um, but they, they're solid as hell, Sim. Um, yeah, they're solid. Yeah, man. that's a team they, I wish we had, man. They, they're solid. Well, first of all, someone someone said someone. This is how. No offense to your show, and it, you got idiots in the chat. So someone said Jimmy Butler. That I said no to Jimmy Butler. I did say no to Jimmy Butler. All I'm saying is that what Jimmy Butler is in terms of his attitude and how he's getting guys to play around him is what I wish. Free agents like Randall uh, uh, have. Did I want Jimmy Butler to pay him that much money? No. Do I want Jimmy Butler now to pay him that much money? No. So I'm not sitting here saying I wanted Jimmy Butler. I'm not sitting here trying try to change my my decision. I still don't want Jimmy Butler because I don't think he's the right guy for this team right now, especially a team that's in turmoil. So please listen. The Heat have a great system from Pat Riley to the owner, Pat Riley, owner, then Pat Riley down. 
perfect system. Even when the times didn't have anybody, they had defense. They were, I think, last year they, uh, last year the year before that, they were challenging for the eight seed until like the the last week or so, last day or so, last week or so. That's a team that really had nothing if you looked at them. So that means that the coaching was tip top, everything was tip top. It was just the talent, and that's the issue with the Knicks. When I said last year or two years seasons ago it was last year, or even last year when I said with Fizdale. The issue is that you have to have those things intact, the coaching, the culture, everything, so that when the players come in, it's easier to assess, all right, this guy doesn't fit us, we get this guy. It makes your scouting better, uh, easier. It makes your player de- development a lot easier. It makes everything a lot easier when you, you're t- from top down, the hierarchy is straight. So right now we're running into what, the, like the bizarro Knicks, like the Knicks that I wish we had in terms of this young team. And you're know, a guy, a veteran, you comes in, whatever. That's the type of team I had. A young team where it's like on any given night, they could beat the biggest teams because the coaching's tip top, conditions tip top, defense is good, everything is good. And then they have, they sprinkle in the talent. It comes a lot more easier. Ty Hero, I don't think Ty Hero would kill anybody one on one, but because of the system and how guys play around them and every, there's a perfect, not perfect, but there's a good synergy with those guys. So, yeah, Jimmy Butler, yeah, has a great mentality. I'll give that to you. I don't think he's like, like I said with um, Morris. Morris is the right guy for the Knicks at the wrong time. Jimmy Butler with that money would have been the right guy for the Knicks at the wrong time. And I did not want that, especially with I didn't trust Fizdale. I didn't trust the front office. Things were in disarray, and I didn't want Jimmy Butler coming here and just playing for himself. But he's in the perfect situation where even with his contract, there's a hierarchy. He still has to answer to certain guys. He has to answer to a certain culture, and he can't supersede that regardless of the fact that he's getting paid this amount of money. Because remember, he's friends with Dwayne Wade, who has, you know, he's basically the president, you could say, of, of the Heat, even though he's not on the team anymore. You have guys like Riley. You have even, they gave you this max contract or whatever they gave him, the four years, whatever it was. They gave you this big contract, but you still have to play within a culture and a system. That's what I want the Knicks to have. When we have that intact, a guy like Drew Randall, I'm not just picking him, any big free agent, they can't come in here and say, I'm only playing for myself. I'm only playing for my numbers. I'm here to do art like Tyson Chandler. I'm just joking on Tyson Chandler. I'm here to do my own thing. I don't really care about the team or whatever. I'm just here to do my own thing. Put my. They can't do that because the coach is going to kick you out or basically embarrass you. So that's I, I salute the Heat, man, because you look so, at them, their, their model of success year in, year out, man. And it's because are. of they from are. top down, man. They are. They are. Do you think we will we'll be able to compete with them on Friday? We play there, right? I think we're home. Let me look. I we're think home? I think we play home. I think we're home. Hold on, let me see. Oh, we play. I... I... Friday? Yeah, they're they're here. They're here on Friday. Um, they're here. Yeah. I mean, I say this, Tim. Our home is tough because look, we have a new coach who's getting these guys to play a little bit better. Um, but the 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 garden is not a a fortress yet. Like it's not like I don't know what the splits are, but I remember earlier in the season when Fizzo was here. I can't remember if it was like Wally or Mike Breen, but they were pointing out how the Knicks look a lot more comfortable on the road than they do at home. Um, and obviously, we really had like what like two three wins at the time, so it didn't really matter. But the way we were playing away at certain games, like the Sixers, the Nets, that first game, we played teams a lot more competitive than we did at home. So I, I'm i not put again, you like doing the sim. I'm not putting anything. Last time I said this, we oh, no. won. So I'm not putting anything on the Knicks. No, no, no. We, the game is in Miami. It's in Miami Friday. It says uh Friday the 20th. It says, ver- oh, you're right. It says versus, yeah, it says yeah, versus yeah, New York. My yeah, bad, my it's, bad. It's so it's in Miami. Miami. 
Oh, so no, I don't think we win it. My bad. But um, Whew. it's tough, man. Because look, Miami, man, like uh, that team, that's a well-oiled machine, man. Like, look, we can't get too high. I'm not saying you guys, you. I'm not even saying anybody in the chat. It's just that I'm saying we, as a, a Nick fan, a uh, 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 fandom, we can't get too excited from today's game because the Miami Heat, they're ni- like they're 19 and 10 with a bunch of guys that, let's be honest, at the beginning of the season, outside of Jimmy Butler, did you think that Kendrick Nunn? Was gonna be a you know this type of play? Did you think Bam no, out of bio? Nah, you know what? Solid that, that guy was gonna be none, man. I mean, no, I, I did think that they were gonna be a good team. I thought that they were gonna be in the playoffs. Uh, right, right, right. I, they, I thought there know. was gonna be like a seven, like a seven, six, yeah. maybe six, seven type of seed. But that's they probably if they run into say the Bucks, you know they get they get knocked out. They run into like a tip top team. Maybe if they played a, if they played like the um, the Sixers, maybe. They can sneak a series, maybe. But it's like, you look at this team, and they're playing better than expectations, man. Like, I don't think we're going to win. We'll see. The only thing I'll say, I don't know. I haven't really watched them play, so I can't say anything. You just never know how matchups work sometimes, right? You would look at the Dallas Mavericks right now and say, nah, the Knicks ain't, they, they wouldn't have beaten them twice. You just never know how matchups and things like that work. Uh, I haven't looked at uh, looked at or watched the the, the 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 Miami Heat play at all, so I don't know. But Mark, what you think, man? Listen, when it comes to Miami, you have to match the intensity. If you don't match yep. the intensity, they're gonna bully you, and they're gonna they go they just gonna they're just gonna score on you. So if the Knicks don't match their intensity offensively and defensively, especially defensively, because they are. They, when it comes to knowing where to be on defense, rotations, they are so, they are stifling, man. I watched them win against the Lakers. They were stifling defensively, but they just had nobody to stop Anthony Davis that game. But when it comes to a team like us and a team like them defensively, bro, we're going to look, our offense better be moving that night. It has to be moving because if we if if we play a lot of ISO, a lot of the ball sticking to players, yeah, that's what they're gonna take advantage of us because Miami is really really good. They just yeah, discipline they, they, in everything they do, offensively and defensively. And again, Jimmy Butler temperament, man, is he's in the right spot with the right players, the right organization that ain't cupcakes, and players that he could trust. They could trust. Because if you watch him, he's deferring to these young guys. He's not even he's not even dominating the ball, as most people would say that he does. But he's deferring to these young thoroughbreds, and they're following his lead and his command. Man, it's crazy to see. All I just said that you know, his contract is good for what Miami is, not for the Knicks because we're we're in a, the, the the bottom the bottom totem pole. Like we're just. We're just beneath the dungeon. So paying a player like that would have been a waste of money, man. He just came here and just lived lived in New York, messed with women, club in One Oak, you know, hit starlets, <laughs> <laughs> hit starlets, you know, and getting paid 100, 150 mil. And trust me, getting paid in New York like that is just, you will get lost in the sauce, man, no matter how many good morals you got. Getting paid in New York, man, is you can get a loss, man. So, so I just say, yo, the Knicks, if the Knicks just play with 
the intensity that we've been playing with, some the, the level of defense that we play at times with against Miami, we have a chance because, again, I thought we didn't have a chance against Denver. And Denver is a good defensive team. It's not a good offensive team. Denver is number two in the team. league. So they, I just I mean, said, they're, they're, yeah, Denver is the yeah. second best defensive team they're, in the league right now. Top five Miami in defense, like, I think. What'd you say? I think they're top five in defense. Yeah, they're number two. Oh, it's, yeah, and a lot of a lot of that has to do with Jokic. If you if you look at how they uh construct their defense, because I remember in the game when when we was in the fourth quarter, if you watch a lot of the, the last minutes in the fourth quarter. Nurkic was hedging so hard that it broke a lot of our offensive sets and stuff like that. So if we we have to play fast against Miami because they like they like to bog down people's offense, we have to play fast and we have to we have to play with pace and get more possessions. That's important for this Knicks team. When the Knicks get more possessions on offense, you'll have a chance to win the game against defense like this. Because Miami is good, man. They're really, really good. Miami, right now, they shoot 47% from the field. They shoot 38% from three. Um, They execute. They don't waste no possessions. You know, they're going to be a tough tough team to compete against. Sam, and I'm hearing that Drew Holiday might get traded there. Yeah, I was was hearing about that, man. That'd be... Oh, my God. Man, and Ben Adebayo is playing like an upgrade Draymond Green. The way they're using him, and he's be- he's become a smart passer, not just a person that could has the talent to pass. I mean, he's making reads. Like he's making reads when he gets the ball in the middle. Yo, and, and, and see, that's why they shoot so good because they get open is, shots and they execute him. It's it, it's crazy. Yo, and, and this I is the Jimmy benefit Butler, man, because. This is the he, benefit of having a guy like Pat Riley up there. One, yeah. One, like you, you look at Pat Riley and you think he's part of the mob, so you like, yeah, I'm not gonna mess with him too much. Yeah, you, you, but you know what I'm saying you know you're not messing with you're not messing with Pat Riley too much. But yeah. Pat Riley, you know, he's got this is what we do, and I don't care who you are, you could be LeBron yeah. James. You well, are not going to come LeBron. in and right. You are not going to come and break what we do. No, you know what I'm saying? No. And you better play this way. You better play like this. You better play like that. Because if not, you know what I'm saying? And, 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 and then he knows how to go out and get deals done. And the thing, too, that's who Dolan should have went years before to go after. Cause well, you know he, how everything went down yeah, back in the day. I know, I know, bro. I know, bro. You know what I'm saying? You know how everything went perfect... down back in the day. I, you know what, too, Sim, too? You know who I thought would have been very, very great for us, too? And you just watch how he carried himself in his, his nonchalant ways. I think Griffin would have been great. I think Griffin would have been great if we had had him. Because if you watch how he conducts himself, it's either you're in or you're out. We need someone in the office. Because I heard you talking about the Allen Houston thing. No. I don't want no, but listen. Listen, listen, listen. The next person who you give this job to, it has to be the last. It has to be the last because we can't keep doing this this nonsense. We can't be flipping and flopping. We need a product on this floor so we can come on this show and really feel happy and have happy thoughts. I'm tired. I am tired. 
of coming and having to see my young players struggle and not wanting to play for the Knicks, man. How do you not want to play for this hardwood? How, like, just going on that hardwood sim, how do you not want to play on it? I feel you. It's, it, it's, listen, man, the next person, I don't want no brass from, the, I don't want nobody else. I want everybody gone. Go get someone that could put, that could stand on a two feet and make sure that no one's above this organization. Because I said it, Sim, I said it to you years ago. Bringing free agents to New York is different when you're bringing free agents to other places. Because when you're in New York, and because we're so inept, players that come here is only going to come here for the check. Because you brought something out today, and Mike Breen was talking about it. And I don't know if, I don't know if you ever really comprehend what Mike Breen said in the telecast. When Fisdale got fired and he went and told Julius Randle, listen to Mike Miller because he has the right, he has the right, the right system. I never heard anything like that where a coach has been outed the way he got outed and went to one Pacific player and told him that. That's kind of telling to me because that's, that's telling me that you was probably one of the, what I was saying that there's politics in the, in the locker room between Randall in the front office. For him to go to Randall after he got fired and out the way he got outed and tell him, listen to Mike Miller because he's a good person and he has the right system. I never heard anything like that in my life in a, in a, in a professional sport. In a professional sport. That was telling, and Mike Breen repeated it twice. Twice. I mean, I mean, that was you know that was big of, of obviously bigger uh, uh, of you know coach Fizz. But why would wait, if you get fired from a job, right? Especially the way you got fired. A coach, a coach is not even going to LeBron James and telling him, "Yo, listen, listen to Ty Lue because he's a good coach." That ain't happening. Well, so I mean, the, the thing with Julius Randle is this. Coach Fisdale and Julius Randle have, you know, they, they got a really good, they got a really good uh, relationship, you know, beyond basketball. So he mm. wants him to be, he, he he wants him to be, he wants him to do the best, you know what I'm saying, that okay. he can't do. So he's probably like, you know, Coach Fisdale's wife and Julius Randle's wife, they really got mm. along. They did a lot of things outside of basketball together and stuff like that. So I think it really has to do with that, you know what I mean? Oh. Okay, hey, Mark, okay. I'm about to get up out of here, man, because it's, right. it's like 107, man. I'm about to oh, jump yo, up yo, out of here. Sometimes, yo, I'll be, I'll be saying like, damn, it's 1 o'clock already? Yeah, it's like, 1 o'clock, man. It's there. 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm about to get up out of here. All right, All right brody. Uh, I'm going to be back on. I'm going to be back on on Thursday at 2 p.m. All right, Thursday at 2 p.m. as we do a game preview of the Knicks and the Miami Heat. Uh, if I get a chance, I might do a little something tomorrow. We'll see what it is. I don't know. I got to check out my schedule and stuff like that. Hopefully, I'm, you know, my daughter does. She's going to take her driving test tomorrow. So, of course, I got to, you know, make sure things go well there. So, we'll see what happens. You know what I'm saying? If you get the notification, then you know I'll be on. But I'll definitely be on Thursday at 2 p.m. So that we can, uh, you know, do this game preview of the Knicks and the Miami Heat. Um. If 
couple of couple of announcements if you want to uh join me on discord on discord you can join me on discord all right you know we got a group there that talks you guys can i'm putting the link in the chat right now you guys can click this link and, and join up there you know what i'm saying so you can join in on the conversation there uh i told you this before i'm gonna tell you again january 6th Knicks weekly exclusively on sportscaster it's gonna be a fun show man and so i want all you guys to be there uh, to be exclusively on sportscaster beginning january the 6th which is a monday and i'll be doing it every monday okay um it's on sportscaster i'm putting the link in the chat right now Knicks weekly beginning january 6th exclusively to sportscaster all right so Join up right now. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm about to get up out of here. If you're not subscribed to the channel, please subscribe to the channel. Ring that notification bell. You'll be notified whenever I go live, drop a video, or post in my community section. All right, so go ahead and do that now. Also, you know, if you use YouTube a lot, you know that there's stories. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm beginning. I just got my stories available, so I'm beginning to post stuff in the stories. So make sure you check that out as well. Right now, there's one up there. Uh, I got one story up there, and it's basically asking what kind of moves would you make now that trade season is here. And I'll be responding to some of those as well. All right, so make sure you check out those stories. Um, ladies and gentlemen, I'm out of here. I'll catch you guys on definitely on Thursday, maybe beforehand. And um, have a good rest of your week, ladies and gentlemen. Be peaceful, be easy, enjoy this next win we got from now until Friday to enjoy the win. All right? I'm out, ladies and gentlemen. Be peaceful. That's the gym.